Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I am your host and my co-host who is surprised that I just started recording like that is across the table. It's my son, Jack. Hello, Jack. I'm absent. <laughs> You're absent again. This is recurring gimmick now. When did I ever do that? You've done it like, nope, I'm not here. I think the last two weeks in a row. Into that recently? No, I think the last like two weeks, literally. Are you sure? As the person who actually listens back to the show? Mm, I, I know I've definitely done that, but not. Not recently. recently. You're bringing back an old gimmick to the show. Is that sure? Well, we made it. We are now started our we. Long story short, right? We have this bizarre week off right now, starting this week. So, last day of school is over for you. Well, sorry, everybody in our household except your younger brother has next week off from work and school. Because it sucks to suck. Because that is just the way it is. I'm sure we'll probably pull him out of school a couple days to go and do something fun if we're doing fun stuff. But uh, And so you're even luckier. Why? Because not only are you off school for a week, what else are you off of? Drugs. Nope. You're going to keep taking drugs all next week. Alcohol. No, you're going to keep drinking too. Um... You know, painkillers. My fifteen-year-olds, we supply them with. <sighs> Why are you being difficult? Work. He doesn't have to work next week either. Yeah. So you have a whole week of nothing to do, basically, other than whatever. No, so. we have stuff to do. Because we thought we might go away somewhere far-ish, but we ended up not. So you've got it booked off, which is nice for you because you've been working a lot. So it'll be good for you to have a little bit of a vacation. What was exciting today? I had to I'm go. Pretty sure I can hear toasties in the water box. Yeah, awesome. Well. Okay, you definitely can hear scratching it there. I don't think it's going to come up on the, no, but on the mic, but like, there is a cat inside yeah. the door scraping in a litter box. So my excitement today, I had to go get fingerprinted at the police station, so that was a good time. It's kind of interesting, actually, because it's now just all digital, right? I put my hands on a little piece of glass. It's like here in the background. Because um, I'm coaching your brother's basketball team, and they wanted a police check, so... Your mother filled in all our stuff for a police check. Hers was totally fine. And mine was, hey, you got to come into the police station and get fingerprinted. So I'm like, what's up with that? So I called them to ask. And basically, there are, I guess, released sex offenders who have my age and gender. So that is enough for them to say, you need to come in and prove to us that that's not you. So it's not me. It's been now proven. (laughs) I have documentation to say I am not I mean, a sex offender. I mean, I'd like offender. them to tell me why a sex offender can't coach basketball, but... Uh, for 12-year-old boys? Probably that's your reason. Because I imagine well, it like, was what a... he's a really good player? <laughs> so that was uh, interesting. And then we stopped at a, a... My new thing is to check out pawn shops. Do you guys shops. get that cage thing or no? So I was just leading up to that. Uh-huh. So we, what, I've started looking in pawn shops because... Having a podcast now for a couple of years has led me to have a little bit of a it's audio a- obsession, right? With microphones and the like. So I always check pawn shops because why pay retail for stuff when you somebody probably got rid of it and it's being sold cheap. So anyways, um, your brother wanted to check out a pawn shop too. So we sent you a picture of the, the UFC ring that would work for figures, right? So um, yes, your mother has it on hold for Monday. Because by the time you, I sent you a picture, right? And you sent me back saying it looks kind of cool. We were already gone and out for dinner. So oh, your mother called and gotcha. they wanted 50 bucks Canadian plus tax for it. So your mother has now got them down to $35, no tax. Because that's kind of how pawn shops go, right? If you're willing to give pay cash and sort of, maybe I shouldn't admit that on air, but 
never mind. We're going to pay, of course, full taxes on whatever we buy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to probably. I think it's in the scale of, like, I uh, remember, like, um, we got. Yes. Figures, I know exactly what, what you're saying. What was it from? Uh, from my buddy was Anthony. Was it Voltaggio? Yep. Yeah. So, I think it's in scale with those. And those are, like, taller than the rest yes. of the figures. So I assume it. So, it was a couple MMA guys. I'm sure we should know who they are because they're probably famous. But I don't. And they were, yeah, they were, like, if. So, like, let's say the average. Um, wwe figure was like, like six inch scale yeah and these were like seven inches maybe something so the, like that that would just mean the the octagon's a bit bigger right mm -hmm. so should be cool it's just something different for you but anyways yeah we we checked that out and i don't know we had a day of meetings at work today as our last day before heading on vacation so that was exciting but uh you had the day off today even right so i guess your holiday started yeah. a bit earlier but anything exciting for you in life i still haven't found my deadpool cards why are, you are obsessed with finding. He had a deck of just playing cards with Deadpool backs on they're them. The, or they're the best. And I'll even dare mark my words. If I don't find it, I'm getting another one. And is that because you're playing cards in the calf? I've heard there's oh, card games to be. Fun. Well, I just remembered. I, oh, yeah, I had those cards because I watched uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan this week. Yeah, so, busy week. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking about starting a thing where I watched one of the Deadpool movies every day for 753 days because that's how many days there were. As of like Tuesday. Well, I'm here to tell you that's dumb. But I already haven't done that. So good because that's. I mean, I guess I could also watch Logan because Wolverine, uh, is in uh Deadpool three. Hugh Jackman co-starring. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's in Deadpool three. That's pretty neat. Cool. Tomorrow heading out to your aunt and uncle's new place to help them move some stuff in. Phil's there. No, Uncle Ben. The soup. Wait. No, is Uncle Ben the it's uncle, not soup. Uncle Ben's your uncle. Is Uncle Ben is rice slash oh, rice, Spider Man? Okay. I'm rice. Yeah. So th we're gonna help them. Their their first house. We're gonna go help them move some stuff. So that should be fun. I don't know. So did you just say moving stuff and then the word fun? I, whatever. It, it won't bother me because I'm not a lazy sack of goo like you. He's valid. not. He's nodding. Yes. He's valid. He says, ladies and gentlemen. Uh. I don't know, man. Like, we've bantered now for near seven minutes. This is craziness. Seven People minutes. have probably already skipped this because I put timestamps in. Uh, but I maybe, you know, maybe this is the best part of the show. I don't know. Could mm -hmm. be. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so because of yesterday, you know, so Seamus and his nameless faction always say fight night. Yeah. Well, so my thing's going to be payday instead of fight night. Okay. Get it? Wouldn't it be play day? Fight and play? Payday. Fight and play, though. Payday. Like, I got paid. You did get paid. Payday. I, I heard you, you the first it. through sixth time. I'm not playing. I don't get it. Payday. I don't get it. What do you mean? I don't get it. I got paid. You got paid. Instead of fight night. It's payday. Yes. Okay. This, that was far too long. Yes. <laughs> to get that point across. But anyways, I say we shift gears and talk wrestling, because that's probably why the millions and millions of people are here. I thought they were here to, for me to review Deadpool. No, no they are not. Fine. They've all seen Deadpool. They know. I would hope so. Yeah, I haven't, but that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, no, I've seen most of it, actually. That's not true. Anyways, let's cool. talk about some of the week's wrestling news and rumors, and we'll do that right about now or after the little broadcast news sound I put in. So it's coming. All right, let's talk ratings for the Tuesday Night War, right? Because AEW shifted to Tuesday night this week for, do we know why? Baseball playoffs, probably. Some, I have no idea. Some reason, anyways. 
I thought the whole point of them switching networks was that that doesn't happen. I heard that is correct. That's what I remember as well, that, oh, they won't have to. Anyways, I, they moved for some reason. I, it escapes me. I think that's probably why. But So NXT, let's see who won that war, right? Um, did 676,000 viewers, which is down 8% from last week. Earned a 0.18 in the key demo, which is up a whopping 20% for them. So pretty good numbers, right? Again, they care more about the key demo, so that was up quite a bit. And close to that 700,000 mark. Do you think Dynamite beat it or not beat it? What's your guess? On Tuesday night as well. Yes. They did. So uh, 752,000 viewers, which is down 23%. Um, that's a ton, but also, and I'll talk about that. My next story is sort of related to that. So down 23%, earned a 0.26 in the key demographic, which is down 18.8%. And um, also not only going head to head with NXT this week, which would obviously maybe hurt the ratings if some people um, want to watch both or prefer NXT, but also a really uh -huh. heavy really heavy sports competition. You had major league playoffs and the opening night of the NBA season, right? So, which for me was very exciting as a huge basketball fan. So some pretty big stuff going on in sports, plus a move where you're automatically going to lose, lose some of your viewers who aren't aware or can't make that switch or whatever. So do you mind if I go right into my next story because it's related to that? Sure. So related to those seemingly low ratings for uh, Dynamite, uh, Dave Meltzer pointed out, he gave a bit of perspective, right? That basically... AEW moved to Tuesday last year during baseball playoffs as well, right? And the viewership then was 550,000, right? So 200,000 fewer. And he was arguing, and he's probably right, that technically AEW was a hotter product at that time last year, right? Because main roster was still terrible and AEW was a bit fresher yeah. and whatever. So that actually what his argument is that that 752 that they did this week is actually really good, right? Because that's significantly better than the same time and spot last year when it was a hotter product so while it's down from their wednesday ratings quite a bit uh, in reality it's probably not that bad of a rating so mm -hmm. there you go go nice. ahead sir um so I, I know you also mentioned this to me but AEW is maybe in talks to buy at cm punk's contract why are you smiling while you say that <laughs> big smile point is he's not coming back which is fantastic it sounds yeah that, and because i did have that in my notes and also like um that the general sentiment, I think, sentiment, I think is how it was phrased, is that AEW is done with CM Punk, right? Yeah, you um, can get the hell out. And that that buyout would come after the next paper. I can't remember why, but it sounded like that was around the time. And, and like be. the issues kind of with like a non-compete thing. And cue the rumors. I'm not reporting any of them here. Um, cue the rumors of him going back to WWE, right? Like that'll be all. I don't think he that will because we'll he never did. So I don't think he ever will. It depends. I, I it's CM Punk, man. I don't know. If they yeah, throw him a ton of money. They and... could have done that for like seven years or whatever. But what's the key difference now? I guess so. But right? no also, given that X, I don't know if WWE wants that kind of thing. So I Punk like may be more, wi more willing because Vince is gone. And Vince may have been the petty one saying no matter but what. But he doesn't like Triple H either. True. So And I'm pretty sure he was, he was also vocal about that as well. I'm okay with him not being on my TV. I don't yeah. really. Like he... He's good in the ring and he's good on the mic, but like, is he a generational talent to borrow a phrase? Not at this point, in my opinion. But anyways, uh, what else did I want to talk about? That in an interview with Sports Illustrated, this is good news and something we've been calling for for quite a while. It's going to lead to a question I'll have for you too. Um, Tony Khan stated that there will soon be, quote, great news about weekly Ring of Honor shows. He said there'll be one more Ring of Honor pay-per-view before the end of the year. and that Final our battle. Right, and that ROH plans to follow that up with a weekly show in 2023. So A, 
good. We've said they need more TV time, especially since absorbing Ring of Honor. Um, will we be watching that show? I guess is my question. Uh, we'll see. So I, I'm, I will probably watch it, right? Regardless, whether it depends you... when it is and depends on what I'm doing, because I'm not sure how much I'll prioritize that. Right. We'll so say. I'll probably check it out. Um, do you think it'll be an hour or two hours? I mean, obviously, we have no uh, idea. What was ROH before? ROH was an hour. I would say they'd probably go with that. Because, especially depending on when it is, they maybe don't want, like, another multi-hour kind of thing. Maybe, yeah. like, kind of like a Rampage deal, but also not, because it would be its own thing, kind of. I think I'd prefer it if it were an hour, but sometimes that's not enough for a whole... Like, when that's all your company has. Although, I guess, technically, NXT. they don't now, right? Because they can go on other stuff and... Well, and could, NXT was like its own thing, and that's all it had, and they worked well with they one did. hour. So, so I don't know. I'm I'm glad but that it'll counterpoint to that as they eventually extended. So, it's right. Like... So I'm hoping it gets some of the ROH talent out of the way, so we can get focused on some Embassy. more of the. That's it. That's Us it. Mojo. That's all you want gone. Um, Trustbusters. Lethal and those dudes. Uh, you can keep lethal around. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, you could keep Joe because he's about I mean, FTR. I feel like would probably cross the divide a lot. And then they still have like Eli Isom and some Isom, other guys like Castle that, and the boys. Yeah, Dalton Castle. Um, it could be good. Jericho. Well, Jericho would probably also cross the divide. He would. Um, Garcia, kind of just in conjunction with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bandito, if they sign him. They did, I think, they right? Probably, or did they I, not? What was it official or no? I don't know. I don't. It was like it was that they offered it to him. I don't right. Know if they actually I haven't heard either. Did so yeah, it, it could be interesting. Uh, what uh -huh. else? What do you have? Um, let's see. Um, I guess kind of related to mine is that Ace Steel has already been released. So that doesn't kind of yeah, what kind of doesn't bode well for right Felipe. No. So yeah, he. I forget they even reported it with his real name, which I forget what it was, but apparently he is gone. Uh, what do I have? Fightful Selects reporting. I thought this story was strange. The AEW management spoke to Athena and Jody Threat after their match on Dark, which we watched live in Toronto, right, before um, Dynamite was on. And honestly, like, to me, this was just a stiff match. And I don't understand. Because basically what happened, we talked about it last week, Jody Threat is a local talent. A lot of people in the arena know who she is. So she was... The fans loved her, right? Which meant Athena sort of leaned into being a heel because she was getting booed and Threat was getting cheered. And yeah, there was some stiff stuff, but like, I didn't, like, we were there live. Did you think anything of it? No, I, I honestly didn't notice anything other than like, oh, hey, Athena's working heel because right. Babyface hometown, like, you know, just they seemed like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a logical thing to do. I honestly didn't. So think my guess of is because the story's phrased as like, management spoke with them but i think it was probably like hey was everything cool with you guys and they're like yeah because apparently jody threat has no problem working that way and she had no issue with it right and i don't i really don't understand and i almost feel like this is a sexist thing where hey women work the really stiff snug match so there must be a problem or something like no they just that's the way they don't mm -hmm. mind working right they as we like to say they made an agreement that they're just gonna work that way and I don't think Jody Threat cares and I don't think Athena cares and I don't think AEW cares at the end of the day so I found that kind of like a a non-story but I, I thought I would bring it up because it was mm -hmm. interesting and we were there mm -hmm. what else you got uh, New Japan's never open weight champion your boy Carl Anderson uh, <laughs> pulls out of I think it's called Battle Autumn the scheduled title offense he has I think November 5th saying he's double booked due, or due something? to schedule conflict because yeah. 
Saudi Arabia. Right. Got to get the Saudi money. You know exactly. What I'm so there's, a, I don't know, that's a bit of not a surprise. Story checks out for me with the Good Brothers. They are all about their money and their merch. <laughs> Literally, and... like, there's the one clip from NXT where, like, Grimes is the only one guys needs, like, sitting and he's, like, going nuts. It's like, now people are, like, I saw a, a clip or, like, a picture of that or got with the guys sitting and it was, like, Triple H offering the Good Brothers to come right. back to WWE colorized. And yes. I thought that was really funny. That will probably come up in my high spots and rest holds later in this show just to, oh, <laughs> so just to preview. I kept asking you, if... All week, because I, I sometimes get to NXT late, because who cares? Because <laughs> NXT. Um, and so Jack is the spoiler master, and he knew who Cameron Grimes' partner was. Oh, I knew since Monday, because so they he just keeps put saying, on Raw. Have you watched it yet? <laughs> no, I have not watched it yet. So I finally got to <laughs> it. It's very amusing. Got to it today. Uh, here's one I don't know if you heard. It would it would fall under rumors, obviously. Two names WWE is considering. So I didn't like the way this headline was written. So here's how they wrote it. And tell me what you your interpretation is. Two names WWE is considering for Bray Wyatt's faction. They're considering two people. So I thought it meant like the name of the faction, right? The way it's worded isn't great. Oh. So then when I started okay. reading started reading the story, I'm like, when are they going to get to like the possible, like Wyatt Six or what Wyatt family or whatever, right? But Cult of Wyndham. So you're right. Uh, you interpreted the way that they wanted you to. <laughs> I was to. like, what else is that? Now, I was going to say, do you want to guess who it is? But I don't think in a million years you would. Cross? So, no. So I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. Because the one guy, I don't even know if you know who it is. Uh, Jake Atlas and Hornswoggle. No. Um, a current Impact Wrestling performer. Vin- oh, wait. Oh, yeah. oh it's you uh, just Vincent and Dutch. Yeah, Vincent and Dutch. Have you seen Dutch before? Yeah, I, saw, I watched them lose the coveted six-man tag title. <laughs> right. Actually, I, I saw Dutch a few times in Ring of Honor, and I thought he was actually I thought pretty he solid. Was, um... He's like boss man-ish to me. Yes. Which is a good thing. That's I, a compliment. I thought he was someone else. I remember when we were watching, I was like, can't remember who I thought he was, but so uh, leads me to believe like is Vincent done with Impact? You would, I guess, right? I guess. Well, he just got his ass handed to him by PCO. He did, which will also be in my high spots and rest holds for uh, for my own happiness about certain things happening. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's a solid big man, and like he and Vincent fit that sort of aesthetic of Bray Wyatt, right? Vincent for sure. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, it is kind of interesting if it's new people, but also. I just want the Mick Foley thing. I don't want him to have a faction. Yeah, if and honestly, it felt like Vincent in Impact was doing like budget Bray Wyatt for a while when he was leading his little group of Dutch. You mean Dutch Ring and, of Honor? Or, yeah, sorry. Um, he was leading Dutch and Vita Von Starr and... Bateman? Was, oh yeah, Bateman. My, yeah. my indie buddy that I've seen on the indies a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I only have one more story. Uh, last one I have is Chris Jericho sends a three-year extension with AEW. I think it also extends to producer and other a couple other things, Yeah, I want to say. Um, and then uh, reportedly it's his most lucrative of his career, so nice. that's interesting. Um, I mean, he's doing... I think it extends to January 2026 is the deal. Because we've talked about it. He's sort of revived he has, himself. Because yeah. we were like pretty much done. I think beginning of the Jazz run and all, also the MJF feud, I was like get out kind of thing yeah i still don't really like jazz but he's i don't love jazz matches. but in terms of matches he's definitely turned it agree around, right he, he got himself in really good shape and yeah. he's been it's been paying off in yeah, the ring for absolutely sure. uh, my final one is that wwe is discussing the return of do you know uh no king of the ring tournament oh score oh, wait no i'm a tournament kind of sucked last time though I know, but now it's different management and That's everything, true. right? So let's uh, remind everyone. Last time Xavier Woods won, what has he done since? Nothing. When was that? Twenty. 
last oh, year. Oh, okay. So and, it, and that's when Zelina Vega won. That's too. conflicting my some of my details here, but that's because it was the. Do you know the last time it was a pay per view? Uh, two thousand two. Correct. Yeah, twenty yeah. years ago. So Vince got rid of it because the buy rates were getting really low. So the last one that was a pay per view was two thousand two, as you said. So they're thinking of bringing it back. And it would be both a king and queen of the ring. So I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for tournaments, and I'd be interested in that pay per view as much as any for WWE at this point. Right? I think that would be cool because then that would be like you could do the big five, and then that because that was a big five, right? So yeah. I think you should. I think they should do that again. I think I'd be okay because the last King of the Ring was 2010, and the last pay per view was 2002. So right. uh, do you have any other stories? Uh, no, sir. All right. Well, let's move into our in-depth review of a weekly show that we like to call, and they like to call it that too. It is AEW Dynamite. Um, and we open with uh, best friends versus Death Triangle for the trio's championship. So my first note is this is the opener I wish we got in Toronto last week when we were there. However. Nah, I'm I'm okay with having Pack and Orange Cassidy. Uh, that wasn't our opener. No, that was the match. That means we wouldn't have gotten that though. Oh, okay. So that's true. But I I will say that watching I didn't watch all of the Dynamite we went to live, but I did watch some, and I liked the Jungle Boy Lucha Soros match better yeah. on TV than I did live, which was an interesting thing to to notice. But yeah, well, I it's because you can see everything better, and I think commentary, I mean? commentary helps, yes. right? So I liked it. It's better a little than... weird not having commentary. Yeah, it is. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Um, so some notables, uh, there's stereotypes, they outside have a death triangle, um, there's a death triangle just kicking Arch Cassie many times, uh, Trinidad DT by Trent Beretta to Phoenix spiked him pretty good, um, Pac has Cassie in like a wheelbarrow, so Penta's a long blower, then kind of, he's hold, held there, Phoenix hits a springboard, foots onto his back, and then Pac finishes the wheelbarrow German suplex for two, uh, and Chuck broke the pin, so that was kind of a nice it was. combination thingamajig, um, best friends do the eat, defeat, half and half suplex thing. I enjoy that. When Chuck is Penta with a stump pile driver, followed by a stalling pile driver by Trent Beretta. And I do need to mention that it was Joker Penta today, hence why they so, won. So, nitpicky, two pile drivers to Penta, no attempt to pin him. Like, a pile driver is like a killer move, and they just, like, wander around and do stuff. And Joker don't, Penta don't die. They don't attempt to pin him after mm-hmm. two pile drivers and no other teammates in sight. So, I thought that was a bit strange, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, best friends hit that strong zero move uh, for a near fall. Phoenix breaks the pin. Uh, and then later on, Phoenix gets the win for Death Triangle, hitting Trent Beretta with that driver. He, he hits like kind of a Rikishi driver, which I, I really like. A nasty driver by Phoenix. I don't know what um, it is, but it's. I forget what they call cool. it. Um, it's like the thing where he does like a little knee first and then. Yes, knee to the head and then right into a driver. I forget what they call it, but it's pretty cool. I, I was a little surprised, right, that it was a one on one move that won it. It was not like what i expected not that it would bothered me really almost just, anticlimactic not even like that it was bad it was just, just like, like it sudden. was kind of surprising yeah, yeah exactly I agree yeah. uh but in general a really fun trios match i thought a really good opener to the show right i don't i don't think it was like the highest level of trios match we've seen but there's a couple of hiccups along the way i thought there was a bit of awkwardness um right before the trent ddt to pack which pack took like a champion and then i thought there was a spot in the corner where phoenix and somebody seemed a little bit confused but anyways still really entertaining it was the result i was hoping for i want death triangle to retain again like we said the finish kind of came out of nowhere uh, a surprise that it was a one-on-one move that ended it and like best friends right they continue to be this like good match losers like they're not going to win often but entertaining matches as we always say <laughs> one of them winning a title last week right um and i'm glad like 
Remember they kind of teased issues with Pack in this hammer in the middle of this, and then it sort of didn't play a larger role, and it seemed like Death Triangle was still okay by the end of it? They kind of were teasing like a bit of a post-match. Or like right. They were like, you, like or so they were kind of like... I, I would prefer they stay together, but I, I do... It's hard to resist Pack being a full heel, right? And and I think that should apply to all of them, though, because like Death Triangle heel is... Cool. I don't think Phoenix as a heel works. Yeah, but if he's lumped in and it's a faction, then it's okay. Like, Pack for sure, Penta for sure can be heels. I, I'm not sure Phoenix works as a heel, but anyways. Um, so, I'm, Swerve and Keith Lee are kind of doing that gimmick anyways, right? Where one's a heel and one isn't, so... Kinda. I'm hoping that Death Triangle's not doing it at the same time, but I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Sorry, keep talking for a second, I'm just signing back in. Oh, you got you got signed out? Just randomly. Oh, nice. So yeah, I I don't know. Pack is amazing as a heel or a face, so I don't it doesn't really matter to me. You're still waiting. It's still loading. Awesome. This makes for great. Oh. Oh. Almost. Almost, folks. You don't remember right, how you felt about the match? You got to have your notes. Well, and it's better to read off of it a bit. Freestyle. I mean off the top of my head. Correct. <laughs> it's a good name for a segment. We should, we should do that. try that. Yeah. I mean, I think it would, Maybe we'll try it today. Okay. First one. So, okay, we'll just be prepared. Like a pilot kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, we'll okay. see how it goes. Like a, okay. a like a backdoor pilot, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. We should definitely do that. All right. Um I thought it was a solid opener. I, f- I thought it felt pretty short, though. I think um could have been a lot better if they had more time cuz I feel like other matches we've seen between them have been better. Um and I f- I think we could have used a bit more time on this. Yep. Cuz it did feel like like you said, a little lacking for a trios match. Like it was good, and but then like, like boom, I it's over. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I thought some of the tag offense from Death Triangle was pretty cool. Um, but one thing I'll say is like I get the thing they're doing with Pack with like a whole hammer thing, but I don't like the tease of Descent Death Triangle. Me either. They should be one of those teams that just they don't really. I don't think they need to break up. I don't. I don't really want to see that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they could be healer face or whatever. I think it works in general. I think the whole combination works so well. And I think it's the best. It's one of my favorite factions. I think it's one of my favorite things that AW's done. I think I wore the shirt out. to the show. Exactly. I love Death Triangle. Um, so I'd hate it if they split them. Plus, then it's a really cool name. And also, it's yeah. if there's only two of them, like say Lutrobus or Pack is on his own, it's a whole lot harder to form Death Rhombus. So and, and their merch is sick with the the skull. Yeah, like, I like logo one of my favorite logos awesome. ever. It's yeah, just, it's great. It's perfect. No, I agree. no words. It's Keep like them a, together. Exactly. Thank you. I heal face just. Stay together, Tony and, Khan. I know you're listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joker <laughs> Penta, fantastic. Reach out to us. We'll help you. I. How long is it going to take for us to get a figure of Joker Penta? They can't not do it because he's worn it like many times, and it's the best one he's ever worn. Toy so. companies also listening. I'm sure. Like, jazz wear is better to listen up because to- Joker Penta is where it's at. Like they're making the supreme figures of Lucha Bros. Those are their tires from when they won the tag titles in the cage. That's that's cool. If you don't make Joker Penta, it's because you hate money. You just don't want to make money. you hate money. You know what? No, here's what you do, okay? So, you know, like, they got that Supreme line, right? It's like their Ultimate Edition where it's, it's the ones with multiple pants. Right. So, um, in each series, they, I think what they're doing is, like, so in the first series, there's Cody Rhodes and Britt Baker. Yeah. And then there's a Walmart-exclusive variant of Cody Rhodes with different attires. Yeah. So, and then same thing for Kenny Omega when Series 2 comes out. So, I think... They're doing one more exclusive for each series. So when the Lucha Bros come out, mm-hmm. you do one more exclusive Penta, Joker Penta. Boom. Right. You could have an alternate Joker. Yeah, Joker Penta. Do it. And do it. if you don't, then you hate money. Right. I guess you don't like making more money because I would definitely buy two. And <laughs> if you don't make it, then I, how can I buy two of something that doesn't exist? Correct. It's like. It's hard. It's if, very hard to if buy Mattel two. If Mattel aren't that making exist. an elite or ultimate edition Thanos Rollins, 
again, you Can't hate money because I would buy two. And again, I cannot buy two of something that doesn't exist. That is very true. All right. Now we move on. <laughs> we digress sometimes, people. Yes. Sorry. You know uh, if you've listened before. We move on to John Moxley Hangman promo bit. Uh, Mox says he left Cincinnati with nothing, and to come back now is a bit of satisfaction. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get that satisfaction in the conclusion <laughs> of the show. Without a doubt. How could we not? Uh, Hangman says he and Mox have been in AEW for three years, like most. Fact check. Uh, Correct. They have been beaten... And they've beaten about everyone except each other. And they could see in a lot of match last year, not to, not to be confused with the one this year. Right. Um, he stood tall, and then there was lines from Hangman's promo last week, which we were there for. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to saw both of them spoke well. I'd say I'm excited for this match, and I would be, but I heard about uh, the whole thing <laughs> with Hangman. So I can't say I want to see that happen. Solid promo, though. Yeah, I, I, I kind of ruined my excitement for the match. I'm just like, I don't want to watch that. I, I didn't um have... in. Depth. I just said this was quick, intense, and I was totally fine with it, right? It was just the last little bit before they face off, and they're wow. both always really at least solid to great on the mic. Barely so paid attention. <laughs> this is what you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we get Britt Baker, Jamie Hater interview. Um, Britt said she's mildly interested in the title match tonight, but she's disgusted her Hater aren't champion. Sorry, can you? Because one of my annoyances is you have to say interim every time, and it's really annoying. It's just clunky, and just say champion, just say whatever, right? Like, I don't like that they keep using the word interim. Um, interim. But anyways. Well, it's like um, it's like Dwight. You, you can't, you know, like he's like assistant regional man in the stands, like to the, you right. gotta throw it in. He's like, to the, the, the one of us isn't champion interim. Right. You know? It is. Um, here says one of them will be interim women's champ <laughs> Thank uh, you. by the end of the we year. We strive for accuracy. And Baker says one of them will be interim women's champ, uh, <laughs> period, after, oh wait, so one of them will be women's champ uh, period after all this nonsense interim um <laughs> that's right uh solid promo they spoke well uh kind of teases the descent uh, both of them trying to keep it still saying one of them will be interim champion um but both of them mean themselves being the interim champion and <laughs> i don't know if i'm reading into it too much but baker's saying uh champion period opposed to interim champion uh mentioning the nonsense seemed like um i saw like i was reading an article about a uh, nod to like so I was reading an article about a storm, a Tony Storm interview, and yeah. it seemed like it might be a nod to like, because she was talking about, she said like the whole interim thing is nonsense. <laughs> it so, is. Yeah, and so she doesn't want to be interim champion; she wants to be a champion that right. is an interim. I, I, and like honestly, I've pretty much forgotten all about Thunder Rosa. Oh, I, I've right. This is like my weekly. Oh yeah, Thunder Rosa's champion. I don't know if it's just us or if other people feel that I way. Think but I, like, I think I have like one or two occurrences a week where I'm like, oh yeah, Tony Storm's interim champion. Yes. Uh, so I don't know. For, I thought relative to like a Brittany Baker promo, this was Baker. nothing special. Um, I don't think it really added a ton to the angle, but it was there. It wasn't offensive, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. FNS Wrestling, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next we have Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida for the AW Interim this Women's my note, World Championship. My notes officially say, is anyone missing Thunder Rosa? Not me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Answer my own question. I barely noticed she's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is for the interim title in case that wasn't Sorry, clear. Sorry, which title? Oh, the interim one. Not, oh, okay. not, not to be confused gotcha. with the Thunder Rosa one. This Good. is the interim it's one. It's important to Meaning clarify. temporary. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the yeah. synonym. You're welcome. Helpful. I yeah. was wondering. Mm-hmm. Interim, yeah. what's that mean? Mm-hmm. And, or not forever. Um, impermanent. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Thesaurus. Mm-hmm. Lucha Thesaurus. Lucha Thesaurus. <laughs> Oh. That's a great indie gimmick. Oh. And you come out and like Ryan list off synonyms to describe your opponent. 
He's a coward. It's like he's a chicken. <laughs> he's he's scared. It's like Max Caster, he's but afraid. like a thesa- Oh, now I want to see that. Oh, that'd be really funny, actually. It's a great indie gimmick. That would be a great indie gimmick, actually. Like you're talking about Evil Uno's uh, Lucha Thesaurus. You come out in like yeah. a mask. Yeah. <laughs> with it's books like, all over it or something. Exactly. Or like, or yeah, or like uh, a bunch of war- wait, no, a bunch of synonyms for how great you are, mm-hmm. and then like somehow every promo you cut is synonyms for a something. Thesaurus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that'd be awesome, actually. Trademark that quick. Mm-hmm. Lucha Thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so notables, um, I only have four, so that's fine. That's no, I'm just saying that's that tends to be telling. Uh, she does see it on the apron, storm, and it's a hip attack to knock her off, which is kind of neat, I guess. Yeah, uh, crowd count good. punches and a diving drop kick by Sheeta. <laughs> I was talking about like, I was saying you heard like, because you, you it always annoys you a page does the tongue out, so her thing is like the like yeah. a <laughs> yes. an open mouth grimace, yes. thing. like that's her. Go to expression, right. you know that that should be like her, the facial expression for her figure. every figure. Yes, her first figure is like a straight face expression. What? When has she ever done that? Yep, make Name that face. One time, like no, again, like every match graphic she has should be like, you know, screaming that face, scream face. Mm-hmm. Uh, diving Meteora by uh, Shida, and then the uh, Tokyo Pimps, uh, which I called it that because. That was Yujiro Takahashi's move. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a Sido Dominator. I just wanted to call it's it. It's cool. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think Takashi did it better, but I like our two count. Hip attack in the corner by Storm. Uh, finish comes with a tornado DDT and Storm zero by Storm for the win. Mm-hmm. After the match, Hayden Rebel attacks Storm, yada yada. Baker comes out. Hayden Rebel beating up Storm with a crutch. Soraya comes out. Tr- Baker brawls with Soraya. Oh, yeah. Taz <laughs> called her Soraya. Oh, uh, he did. Um, Baker runs. Runs off and Soraya's chasing. <laughs> uh, Riho makes a safer storm. Woo! Mm-hmm. Riho. Um, so I thought it was fine the the match. Um, but it didn't feel like much different. I think the kind of the issue with um women's matches I'm having it's like it was another solid, not bad match, not great match that was short. And I feel like they did a solid job with the time they had. But again, one of the common complaints is I think we need more time here. With more time, obviously, to be able to do more, I think maybe it would stand out more because I feel like none of the women's matches lately have been bad. None of them bad. No, but you're right. I haven't felt any standouts. They just kind of blur together. It just feels like and like there's not could... a not a ton of build here. Exactly. And it's baby face, mm-hmm. baby face, which is yeah. tough too. And especially when it's like this, it's like a title defense, but it hardly feels like a title match. It's just like boom, done. Like you're just burning through them. We I think I think we need like a sustained for your title program. I do. And too. maybe something outside of Baker for once because I think Baker's run work better because. Obviously, she's Britt Baker, but I feel like also like even for something when she would face like Ty Conti or whatever, they gave that some time. Yes. To build like that, it didn't feel like a one and done like just like that. You know, it was a placeholder challenger, but like at least there was some build to it. I think Storm could have a better title run, but so far it's just been okay because they keep giving her what we would call placeholder challengers, but just like Correct. she's burning through them and it's all she gets every yes. week. Like Deeb storm or sorry deep she didn't like these four-way matches just burning through them repeatedly and to me it feels like nothing is that big it just doesn't feel no you're overly right. important I agree. yes it's an interim title but it's still is the it? women's t- it is it is <laughs> it's still the women's title that we have currently Correct. right so i feel like it should it should like you know feel more important and i feel like there's too much respect too it's like too many baby face baby face matches yes yes that works sometimes but i feel like you kind of need to like like face heel just works better. You need to kind of have more of that, you know. Yes. Um. So like maybe like a solo match for Hater or something like, like I don't know. Just do something, you know. Yep. I I, uh, think, I think there's definitely. I don't disagree. Like, we've talked about it before, but there definitely needs to be more improvements made. 
there is. And you're right. Like this was like not a lot of build, baby face, baby face, and as we call it, like there's you just said, not like a lot of attention in that. a placeholder because yeah. we know she is not winning. Especially right? it's like if even if you put in like you move this match a couple weeks down the line and you give that a bit, but like even that's something. Again, I would like more than that, but like this is just like burning through right then yes, and there. You're you right. Know? Like they tagged last week and now they're like having a title match. And I, I think I liked the match room. a little more than you. I thought it was a pretty good. I thought, I thought it was good. Back yeah, and forth. Um, it's a little difficult when like they're just not standing out anymore. And a couple things. Storm is light years better than she was presented in WWE. And two, you mentioned Ty Conti. I think we're pretty wrong about like, cause remember, I don't know what a year ago or whatever. We're like, she's like on the cusp of being important. She was doing good. She was on fire at one and point. And then it's like, now it's I think like, meh. Jazz kind of killed her. And it seems like when she became Sammy's second, right? That kind of didn't help her profile mm-hmm. either. Yes. But, I think right? that kind of killed her too. Cause I think, I don't think we really needed them together. So I like this women's match, but I think you're right. that They're feeling very similar. Like they're all good to very good, but like there's not, much to them right they're just kind of it's tony storm going through another like not gonna win challenger right. so she can build her resume exactly. and Which, stall till thunder i Rose think it back. does build it but like it's like it's like um in lego three of the little plates <laughs> yeah make one brick it's like these are like one of the plates it's like it, yes it's building her resume but like a tiny... little bit you right. know and i guess it's the idea she's this fighting champion but I don't know. It it just means she's burning through competitors really quickly, as you said. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I know it just doesn't like doesn't the match. Feel though. like anything. Like the match though, but they need to work harder on this division still. Mm-hmm. Um. Next, we have a Wardrobe promo. Uh, Warlow says he has zero tolerance for disrespect. Hot take. And now that the <laughs> kingdom uh, has, they get to teach them a lesson. They'll do it singles or tag. Joe says they can pick whatever title they want, and they have six million ways to die, and they still pick the wrong one. Oh. Um. So solid promo, but I'm sure we we're all disappointed that we didn't get to see Matt Taven speak. Hopefully, it's later on the show. <laughs> I think I speak for this whole podcast as a whole when I say I would very much enjoy a Matt Taven promo. <laughs> Dare I say Trolling even a me. lengthy in ring segment, a la MJF, because we all know he can, because he is I and I am him, and I am Matt Taven is the best phrase of all time. That's like his "I'm better than you" and you know it. It's equally as good. Yes, because he is. If you don't know, Jack is mocking me because I'm oh, not a Matt time. Taven fan. So. I read this out loud as I was typing it. Um, so, I don't know. To me, I feel like putting two singles title holders into a tag team angle is just kind of them telling on themselves for not having anything to do for these guys, right? Like, you built Wardlow for months and months and months and months. I think, like... And now he's tag teaming. I get why they did that, but And honestly, facing a like, tag team that's not in the company. The TNT title should be really cool. I know. And I think that's just kind of halted momentum, like... And I remember saying I wanted Starks to win it. Yeah. Where'd he go? Right. I know. And that same thing, like, they built the Hobbs and Starks feud, and it's like, okay, we're ready to propel these dudes into the next level. And they were doing a good job of and it, And now too. they're just in the freezer somewhere, right? So I don't know... I thought Joe sounded cool here. He always does. But, like, really more new talent. And I don't know if I mentioned half of that new talent is Matt Taven. <laughs> and the other half is Mike Bennett. So. Well, if you really want to go there, it's three new talents and the third is Maria. And this isn't going to sound nice. They are both, and I think I've said this to you, like 75% of a good wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, they look okay. They work pretty well. They'll have matches that Matt I like. Matt Taven looks like he should be cool. But they think they're awesome, and they're not. I'm but here they're to the tell OGK. You. They're but not just the kingdom. They're the OGK. I think um, they are not worthy of a major spot in AEW, but I'm also biased because I just don't enjoy <laughs> them generally. But anyways, 
carry on. You don't follow the trend. <laughs> I don't follow. And that, so there's one of my annoyances <laughs> is that dude names every move he does. <laughs> it's so annoying. Oh, I keep seeing like, um, like his bio is the trend Matt Damon. A lot of his things are like at the end of the caption on his post. It's like, follow the trend. Yes, he um seems likes to name every single move that he I does, love his and it's, catchphrase. And it's, it's kind of so annoying. It's so funny to me. Right. Like he is I and I am him. It's awesome. Oh, it's it's so good. And he has to say that like every time too. It's it's so funny to me. It's the best. And yeah, weren't you saying like one of them's like what something Borealis? Oh, I think that's one and the climax, the just the tip, the I don't know, the last match I watched there was like four or five and some of them are just like basic stuff that like no Matt Taven, you don't get to just name that move. And I think like again, he just strikes me as a guy who thinks he's super cool and I don't believe it. And mm -hmm. I guess that's my problem, mm -hmm. but hooray Matt Taven, welcome mm -hmm. to AEW. Mm -hmm. Jack's happy. I think you're happy to have him there just to watch me suffer. Oh, uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Mhm. Mm Carry on. Um, uh, next, we have an FTR interview in which I forgot to paste my notes. With good old Renee. So if you want to you wanna look at it, then you can go watch it because I forgot to. It was basically them notes. agreeing yeah. to a match against. So, yeah, I thought it was solid because I think they kind of they kind of addressed the whole not title shot thing despite being top contenders for most of the year, which wasn't the best, best explanation, but it's something because they're doing other stuff. Uh, Swerve had a decent point because they've been doing everything else, so they should. And FTR kind of dumb for putting the spot on the line, but the match should be cool, so, so like, I'm not completely complaining. Right. So I guess the idea here is FTR looks like they're... they're it's like they're fighting champions, they're confident but they're confident and willing contenders. to fight, but like, they, they look stupid here making a match for a position they already hold. They talk about they've been the number one contenders for seven months. But now they're going to have a match to stay number one contenders, right? So seven months, number one contender, no title shot. But now we're going to make a match to stay number one contenders. So this is, as a poker player, right? This is what's called a negative free roll in the gambling world. You can't actually win. You make a bet. It's like when um, like people will say, like, if I make this shot, you got to give me five bucks. Well, in, why would I make that? Like, I can't win anything. I can only lose. Yeah. That's not a bet I'm making. You, like, go five bucks to right. either way. If I miss, it's five bucks. Or you give them odds because they're more likely to miss or whatever. But this is just a negative free roll. And everybody sounded okay here. But it's just a giant logical to me. And it's annoying. They should be smarter than this, right? Like, they're being stupid baby faces like in WWE when it's like, I'm going to steal your hat. And now you have to give me a title match to get your hat back. Nyla Rose and Jake Cargill. Right? It's, st it's stuff like that that's just, they're supposed to be beyond this. And why would they put their, anyways, you know how I feel about it. I don't like it. But they were fine in what they said. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, next we get a Lethal Darby promo. Uh, Lethal says he agreed to no physicality. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> but uh, because... boy, did the physicality look good when it happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, because he wanted to ask man to man for a rematch, and he wants to prove to everyone that he can beat Darby whenever he wants. The person that everyone beats, well, until they lose. Well, it's like everyone beats him, but also nobody beats him. Because he also because he's the whiz. Sorry, you won't get that right. Because no, he wins, but then like yeah, he's like a Mikey Whipwreck, but he wins. Mikey Whipwreck, yes. Uh, Although Darby Mikey says, Whipwreck was just there to take offense yeah. for hours. Uh, Darby says he'll beat him again. Lethal then ask for a rematch again and again. Dar and Dot cuts him off saying they figured out his weakness. Darby gets a bit amped, shoves both of them. Lethal absolutely decks him. What? Just 
absolutely clocks like, him in the face. That's an all-time worked punch, man. Oh, yeah. Like, it looked amazing. It was amazing. And they beat him down. They take him to this garage door because they're like, I guess, where you would come into the arena or whatever. Yeah. Um, They lower it on his ribs. So that was kind of cool. And then while he's stuck under there, Lethal puts him in the figure four. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And it was a nice visual, honestly. Mm-hmm. I thought the segment was solid. I thought the promo bit was all right. But the saw in Darby was fantastic. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Lethal absolutely clocked <laughs> him. And I mean that him. in every sense. Yeah. He nailed him. He like looked It great. looked like he absolutely decked him. He did. It was amazing. It looked like a real shot. It was so good. And the whole garage door thing I thought was pretty cool, too. It felt kind of unique. So I thought that was cool. So, so, But then what was the deal with the almost handshake baby face moment? I don't know. But right? I, I, don't, I don't really care. Yeah, no. But... Just, he absolutely and i him. and i like the heel move too of being like i listen i want to we'll do this interview but it's got to be no physicality and then just punching you, and the guy funny in the thing face. is usually they enforce that too so right like and honestly it um i really liked their first match right like it was yeah really that was pretty good. good so that was what that was last week right not or sorry two weeks ago i guess and not counting Toronto. clearly darby has nothing else to do and sting's not around which is oh, fine yeah. I, I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out um when we were watching i was like oh yeah no sting. happy day but yes the attack looked great i love the punch and then the garage door and the figure four while being pinned under garage door looked really good mm-hmm. i thought it was cool figure four under the door right um next we got william regal and ring and speaking of cool stuff Yes, um, indeed. MJ's music cuts him off and he walks to the ring. I didn't get my notes, so credit to TJR for this one. I'm going to borrow from him. Thanks, John. I'm going to look at his site. Um, so MJ says he's going to tell a story while telling Regal that Regal owes MJF that. MJ said when he was 19 years old, training in the business for a year, uh, one fatal day he got pulled over by Pat Buck and Brian Myers, which led to MJF saying he got uh, WWE extra work. Uh, he said he packed his best gear, put on his best suit, and drove to the Barclays Center as extras. MJ said they were spoken to by Regal. Uh, he said that Regal told them they would have tried matches before the show. Uh, they were put against a random opponent, and there were onlookers like Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, P- Adam Pearce, and Regal. Um, two guys locked up, then Malenko told them to get out. MJ said he was fighting for his life. MJ yelled that professional wrestling is his life. Uh, he said after his victorious match, every single one of them looked at MJ like he had eight heads. And Regal brought MJ to a separate room. Um, and then MJ said he was told by Regal that he had three minutes to sell himself. And by the time he was done talking, Regal's jaw was on the floor. Um, MJF was told that Regal would get him a job. And what happened? MJF realized that he would no longer be an ad-riddled Jew boy because he was going to be a superstar. Um, when MJF told him he was 19 years old, Regal said that MJF was much too young and the fans kind of booed. Yeah. Um, MJF said uh, that his heart stopped and his dreams evaporated. Fan- fans chanted, you effed up. Um, MJF mentioned that Regal got jobs for Claudio, Danison, Moxley. MJ said that Regal will put his name on him uh, when he comes of age. MJ said uh, Regal told him to send a match and a promo. And MJ said he kept sending his match promo. Um, Regal told him thank you after two months. And MJ uh, said Regal sent him a promo. Uh, MJ found the email from Regal saying that Regal is a busy man. It was like something like <laughs> really harsh. And MJ said... Like blowing uh, him off, basically. Regal, right? yeah. Regal told MJ not to reply us because he showed his acting schools. And uh, Regal told MJF that WWE exclusively hires the best talent in the world. So when MJF is one of them, he can send him his stuff. Um, and then MJF said Regal squandered MJF's dream. He said that this is real life. Um, he said he wanted to quit wrestling. He wanted to quit his life. It made him want to kill himself. Uh, Regal stared at MJF while MJF um, kind of com- had to compose himself. And he said that um, if he did, then Regal and the naysayers would win. He says, now the tables have turned. It's 2022, and Regal's a sad, withered old man who got fired. 
and MJF says, Now if Regal's in the company like a flea-ridden rat that is with talents that are better than Regal was, he says he's a 26-year-old kid on the top of his business and a generational talent. He says that Regal's men would take human lives to put pen to paper for the bidding war of 2024, referring to WWE. Right. Uh, MJF said he reads that email when he needs a laugh because Regal is a joke. He says he's about to become AEW champion of the world because his name is his name is Michael Jacob Freeman and he's better than you and you know it. And fans were like going nuts after that. And so Regal responds, uh, and the fans are kind of booing him. Like MJF, yeah, it was weird for a bit. Captivated people. Um, Regal talked about MJF being 19. He was a child. He talked about how at 16 he had to fight grown men to get into the industry. He said that he wasn't trying to cast him aside. He saw something that was going to be a big star and saw fire in his eyes. Regal shit about how he, he can't, or we can't beat up a 16-year-old kid and bloody their face like Regal had to do. Uh, Regal said, if an email is what it took to get MJF to this place, then it worked. Uh, Regal told MJF that he needs to practice. You can see what incredible talent that MJF was, and he was insulting Mr. Shivani before MJF was even born. Uh, Regal told MJF he should never put his hands on a guy like Shivani. And uh, he said that, MJF let him down because he took shortcuts. Regal says, uh, just because you're making lots of money doesn't prove anything to him. And it, le- it led to him saying that MJF used help to get his title opportunity while using a diamond ring. And he says he used brass knocks because he just like hitting people with them. And he says, if you want to be the devil, do it right and beat everybody that stands in front of you. Which doesn't really add up to me. Because he wants a devil to abide by the rules. Well, but he's willing to turn his back so he could let him attack from behind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He's still in front of him. Uh, he says, uh, Regal says, you want to be the devil, show the world right now, and Regal turns back to MJF, like you mentioned. Um, and he asks him if MJF's going to take a shortcut, act like the victim, and want to cry. MJF put on the ring, and then Regal's kind of putting his arms out. MJF didn't hit him, and Regal looked disappointed, and Regal says he still has a lot left to prove. Yeah, uh, really long segment, obviously, even the recap was lengthy, right? But, I don't know, I thought this was another fantastic MJF spot, and helped by Regal, right? Like. Even when, I don't think you mentioned it, when they first came out, right, it was like Regal's already getting his knucks on his rest, left hand sort of anticipation, and then they take the ring. Yeah, and he's kind of like in this prepared stance. Yeah, and the whole time he never takes his eyes off mm-hmm. MJF, and he's standing in a posture that's ready to defend himself, which I thought was a great touch. Um, and I don't know how much of this story was true, and I don't really care. I'm sure that at least part of it is... Um, MJF was fantastic, and he made me and I think the crowd believe that all of this was true, right? And I told you in the moment, this is basically uh, attempting to be the supervillain origin story, right? That MJF sold it really well. But then, like, Regal's response I thought was cool. Because he's kind of saying, like, oh, so the worst part of breaking into this business for you was that somebody sent you an email you didn't like, right? He's like, well, I was getting my ass beat at 16 Mm -hmm. by grown men every night, right? So take your little problem with my email and, like, deal with it kind of thing. So I thought that was really cool. Um, cause he went through so much more than just a rude email, right? It kind of made MJF's issues seem small and a little bit petty. Um, and to, and to steal a line from Ocean's Eleven, right? Regal is a proper villain and he finds M- like MJF's tactics amateur hour, right? Like you're not a villain in the sense that the, the old school villains were kind of thing. Again, I thought it was a great segment and I think this can be part of an awesome feud with Moxley, right? Cause I think that's the route they're going to go and that they should go. So this is all layering stuff for the inevitable MJF mm-hmm. mocks. And MJF is probably a generational talent. I think so. He consistently provides some of the best He's out of out, the best non-wrestling segments in the business, right? So mm-hmm. what are you over there smirking about? Nothing. Okay. 
Um, I thought this was fantastic. I thought MJF did such a great job again. I think it was one of his best it was works. Great. It was really good. And super long and did not matter to me. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a lot. That's the case a lot of times with MJF. Because I think he's had some great segments that are really long, but not where I'm like complaining about it. And I think it was probably one of the best examples of making something feel real. Because MJF's like when MJF was going on, but I it felt really real to me. Um, where I was kind of questioning to it, where I was kind of questioning, it, and there's that had to be an air truth, right? Like something, something in there. And it was like a peak villain origin story. Like you, you kind of said that to me as we were watching it. Yeah. Like every great villain has one. I feel, this felt like one of the sorts for MJF, at least to befit the storyline. It seems like he kind of has a different origin connecting him to different things, which I think is really great. I love that. Like for the punk thing, he had like another one. Like I think that's really great. And then there's um, always a possibility he's making it all up exactly. just to be a heel. And too. I would love and that's that. That's fine too. as well. Exactly. I I almost hope that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one with the email, I think at least part of it has to be real, but like. I mean, if he's making stuff up, I'm I'm here for it. Yep. I even got Regal boot at times, and what a talent he is! Like generational talent, I think is not not um exaggerating. Um, I, and I thought actually Regal did a great job coming back from that because I don't think that many could do a good comeback from that. Right. So I think that's that's well done. Um, I thought Regal delivered a great promo response as well. He had like a harsh but logical approach to it, which I really liked. And he's kind of still like, yeah, I was a villain, and I thought that was great too. I, I can't lie, I really liked it. Obviously, Regal can't wrestle, but I thought like the chemistry they had here in a segment was really good. It was like it was like good in-ring chemistry just in a segment, right? And I think Excalibur actually said a good line at the end, saying Regal completely undermined MJF, which I think was an accurate statement. I think that was uh, well said by Excalibur. I thought this was really great. Uh, It was really long, but I thought, like you said, I think it was good. Um, Both of their promos, I liked them a lot. Uh, And then next, we go to Jericho Dalton Castle package. So there's a montage of former Ring of Honor <laughs> champions, even showing that like Rollins was in there, Owens was in there, yep. Nigel McGuinness was in there. Punk? Uh, I think so. I think so too. <gasps> He's back. No. Oh, and Cody. Last was appearance. In there. Maybe. Cody too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah last appearance. Uh, unless they unless they do the montage again, and it's kind of a Jericho saying he'll be every former Ring of Honor world champ. Uh, Dalton Castle says he reigned in Ring of Honor with honor. You're saying like he's like a sports entertainer. More the than irony, right, is he's more of a sports. But entertainer he's also than honorable. So all of Jericho's that. group. Yes. Uh, makes him sick how Jericho parades his Ring of Honor champions. Up to him to do something about it. It says he will leave Cincinnati, the new Ring of Honor world champion. Um, I thought it was solid. I thought Castle had some good lines. Interesting to see the guys in the montage. That was neat. <laughs> neat stuff. I um I'm a big fan of Dalton Castle promos, especially um. I don't know if he's everyone's cup of tea. He's really unique and quirky and strange. But for me, it's like a breath of fresh air. And he just, I smile when he's doing stuff generally. And he can get even weirder than this, believe me. If they really cut him loose, he d- he'll do some strange, strange promos. And for me, the weirder, the better. When are they going to bring back Juice Robinson? I just quite enjoy him. Well, he was on Impact this week. We'll get there. Yeah, but he was getting his ass beat by Bully Ray. That's not very fun. Don't spoil my high spots and wrestling. I mean, Tommy Dreamer. Things happened. But yeah, so I, I like Dalton Castle, and he's it's just funny. a different cat. Today I, I watched the, got room the for one him. episode of Practical Jokers, like the old one where uh, Sal gets... Um, Beat up by Dreamer? No, it's... The, no, oh, that, no was, that, that was That was, was Q, right. No, it was the one where Sal gets tied to the thing, and they put cats on him. Yeah. And so they had like the one challenge where they get their pants ripped off, but they don't get the things untied. Yes. And the one for Sal was, was Bully Ray. Oh, Bully Ray, that's and right. And then Dreamer was for Q, and he actually pulled him down, and you can see... They blur it out, but obviously... He's, you would see his junk if you were actually in the mall. Nice. And Velvet Sky, too, for right. her. Right. And then a child for Joe. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Next, we get an acclaimed interview. 
Um, Gun says Sterling's trying to take away the scissoring phenomenon everyone loves. Caster says on Friday on Rampage it's title versus trademark, and Bowen says they will be back to scissoring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because everyone loves the acclaimed. I saw a promo already built for a Rampage match because usually they kind of suck. Yeah. Um, it gets in the trademark back. Also, their shirt was really cool. It was like acclaimed every Wednesday. It was you like a take it. on the AEW shirt with scissors. Yeah. It's really cool. I like when they do that, like a play on a the existing logo. logo. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. Um, so I'm first of all really glad that this is the capacity they're using Renee in. She wasn't good on commentary, and I think she's super talented. But I even think she admitted she she wasn't good on commentary in WWE. She's great in this role. And and before I knew, like, these are my notes in the moment, right? And I was like, and I would love to see her in longer sit-down interviews, which we get later in this very show, right? So mm-hmm. now to complain a little. So FTR have been number one contenders for over half a year, right? But they need to win one more match to keep that spot. Right. But Woods and Nice get a title shot for... Because they stole a trademark. For what reason? They stole right? a trademark. So it's that I stole something from you and now I want a title shot to get it back, which is just WWE and feels lazy and bugs me. So like, stop doing rankings altogether or have them mean something, right? Because you're openly telling us that for seven months, the number one contender hasn't been getting a title shot. But these chumps are... Right, because they stole a Not trademark. Not even like FDR lost a title shot. Which I don't even think shot. you can do. I don't think I can just run and trademark something you do. Before I could be wrong, but anyways, I guess I, if it passes through, but I, I that was awfully quick. This is just silly, and it makes the tag division seem disorganized to me. But I thought the promo was fine. I just I don't love the they direction. They need to clean up the tag division because they got us. They still have that good roster because honestly, they do. Of course, I think they used to have. No, they still have the same good roster tag teams. It's still very deep. Right. Um, and I think they just need to kind of clean that up a bit, you know? Yep. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, it was okay. Yep. Next, we get Brian Danielson, Wheeler Yuna, sit-down interview with Renee Paquette. As, as I, it's funny, because I was just like, yeah, she should do sit-down interviews, and then, like, two segments later, she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brian was talking about how it was tough losing to Jericho last week, and he said he had high hopes for Garcia, thought uh, that with the right guy, he could have been the best wrestler you've ever seen, and... Then Yudo's kind of like, how could you not see that happening? Him and Claudio saw it coming the whole turn last week. He says Garcia was just using Brian to get what he wants. What was he using Brian for? That's that's funny you say that, right? Because I that was my question: is like, what is he? What exactly was Garcia's end game in using Daniel? Like, yeah, I don't know either. Using him for what? Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's too bad because I really liked you to win this, the pure but... title, which he did on his own. Right. Like, I wanted this to make sense. Yeah, but um, you just said the Blackpool Comic Club means something to Mox and Claudio, but I guess it doesn't mean anything to Brian clearly. Um, so I thought it, I like this, even though it ended up being like far far shorter than I expected. I thought Danielson's bit was solid. I thought you did a good job here all around, other than like the thing we just kind of pointed, right. out, which was weird. I thought his facial expressions while Danielson was talking, but the whole Garcia thing was well done, and I thought most of what he said made sense too. I thought he delivered well because he was like, "What the hell?" I'm kind of like. He'd like he's so focused on Garcia, you just like right there. You could, right. He could also do that, but and we're really similar, and people always mention him and Garcia in the same breath, right? Right. Like but they're both he's these focusing on Garcia, young... who's not even in the faction, right? right? So I like that. But I think a bit of it didn't make sense, but which which we touched on. But I think largely, I thought you did a good job here, and I kind of liked it. I wish this was longer. Maybe kind of build to Yuta kind of blowing up there, but maybe they didn't have the time. I liked Yuta speaking up for himself, and he was mostly making good points, right? And it's this cool. And to I, me, a cool story of you got to meet your hero, you got to work with him, and he's really let you down. Right. And so the guy that and you I didn't think... I think it kind of made sense because, sorry to cut you off, okay. but like 
when Danson kind of came back or whatever, like, or ever since he kind of came back from whatever it was, I think it was the concussion or like, I feel like he has kind of been like out of everyone. He's been the most distance from Blackpool Comical. Mm-hmm. Like he's still affiliated and everything. But to me, it's like, I always see like Claudio's always got like in, he's his gears decked out in that. Like Mox always has a logo on there. They're always kind of affiliated. Like they were tagging with Yuda a few weeks ago. Right. It does feel like Danson's definitely the most distance from them, even yes. though he was trying to recruit Dan or Garcia to that. And like as Yuda's maturing, Right, he's realizing the guy I looked up to the most isn't really doing much right. for me, but right. Claudio is, and that's the guy I need to sort of be loyal to, right? So, I kind of like that idea. Um, other than that nitpicking, the sort of what was the end game in the using part, but uh, the rest was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, next we get Dalton Castle versus Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship, which is an interim. So, just to clarify, <laughs> it's it's a permanent it is thing. Not. Um, so there's a couple of nice suplex throws by Castle, just kind of like a, I'm not sure what kind of suplex it was. Because as ridiculous cool. as his entrance, which was awesome here, and like he's just a peacock, right? But he is he has an amateur wrestling background. He can he can wrestle technical style. Like just because he's a really bizarre character, he's good in the ring. And they also mention it. It's true. He's deceptively strong, right? Like he doesn't look like a big jacked dude. Yeah, he's like one of those. But guys, he's right? very kind of like Bandito mold, not mm-hmm. quite to that extreme, but similar along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Castle goes for running in the corner of Jericho sidesteps, and Castle tumbles over the ropes on the outside. Uh, Hager assaults all the boys. Everyone's just kind of like chucking them. That was kind of funny. Because last time they did that that spot, it lasted way too long. So this one, I, I didn't mind. This one, like, he also had extra boys, right. like not the ones he actually tagged Same with. Same one, and he threw them 20 times yeah. in a row. Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. bit much, but this was fine. Uh, Jericho's for the, go, Jericho goes for the walls of Jericho. Uh, but Castle counts in like a sleeper using Jericho's own arm. I forget what they called it, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, I don't remember. It was like Luchasaurus's cutthroat, but in like a sleeper. Yeah, you're using his own like arm to choke mm-hmm. him, basically. Uh, Jericho gets out and then successfully locks in the walls of Jericho. Uh, later on, Jericho goes for a code breaker. Castle catches him and then hits him with a bang ring for near fall, which I thought was a really nice sequence there. Bang ring. Um, cool. And then Jericho kind of wins with like a sudden Judas effect, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and post match, Jericho says all the Ring of Honor champions are gone, or, or all the Ring of Honor champions gone, and he or he wants all of them gone. Sorry, I forgot to put in a word. I guess. How dare you? Uh, he wants the Ring announcers and commentators gone. And Jazz grab Ian Riccaboni, the audacity, and to hit him with the belt. Jerry Lynn comes to try to talk sense into Jericho, and Jericho tombstones him on the Ring of Honor title. Sorry, Jericho <gasps> gently places him oh, yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I, I guess you gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah, because like, it's Jerry Lynn and he's right. old, and they switch the camera angle yeah. to try and hide it mm-hmm. a little bit, but. Um, and so I guess I, I, I never came back to this because I think this is where we paused. Yeah. So um, I'm going to read my notes verbatim. I thought this was a... Not good. Those are deep <laughs> thoughts, right? Yeah. You can interpret that however you want. Yeah. You can fill in the blanks, folks, however you like. So for me, I thought this was a great showing for Castle. He got a ton here. Jericho got almost nothing in this match, right? Like he gave Castle a ton to showcase his technical ability, his strength, like I said, and his, his odd... Super interesting to me, at least personality. I really enjoyed this match. I'm happy for Castle because the crowd started to seem to get on board with him a little bit at times mm-hmm. too. I would have preferred that Jericho cheat to win to keep that story going and to sort of protect Castle. Yeah, I was like, what? Seemed he didn't make, cheat? Right, like that would have made more sense. The attack on Lin looked kind of lame, but they have to protect him. I get yeah, that. Yeah, I so, get that. Um, but no, I like this and I hope that Castle sticks around probably in the ROH show, which is fine. I just, I just like Dalton Castle. It's just something completely different, right? To mm-hmm. just break things up a bit. So mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely thought this was a... Yeah. 
It was a uh, for sure. It was a uh, yeah. at the very least. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty solid. I thought Castle had a pretty nice showing here. Um, he did. I, I wouldn't mind if they use him sporadically like this. And like you said, if they do get that ring of honor show up and running, I think definitely got to have him in. He's, he's got the coveted six man tag titles. He wore the belt down yeah, for his he entrance. Had, too, he had right? it. The boys yeah. had him too. So yeah. they're not completely irrelevant. Right. Just damn near close. Um. But so, yeah, I thought I I really liked the Codebreaker into the Bangarang. I thought yes. that was really nice. And the Bangarangs was pretty protected in Ring of Honor, so Jericho. It's actually it out in two K. I think I think by its name, I want to say. Nice. So that's kind of interesting. Um, uh, like you said, I would like a cheating finish. I was surprised. I was like, oh, he didn't, he didn't right. cheat. Like, it's not often I say that, but like, I think it makes sense for storyline purposes. So. And it kind of puts like cheating Castle... to be every Ring of Honor champion. Right. And that it kind of would... puts Castle a notch below some of the other. A little bit, right? right? Like Bandito and Danielson. Right. Obviously, he is a notch below Danielson, but like, yes. you know what I'm saying. In real life, yes. Storyline, you might want to protect him, yeah. depending what your plans are mm-hmm. for him, I guess. Six-man tech titles. Right. Um. So, yeah, overall, this was a... Yep. Uh, next, we get a Christian Cage promo. Once again, I credit to TJR for this one, because uh, I'm a lazy doof. <laughs> um, Thanks, John. Yeah. Um. Basically, Christian was just saying that they're done with Jungle Boy, and their loot source is coming for gold. And uh, he had a thing on his shoulder. We'll plug the, the John report if you check out his website. The thing I yep. like about him is he offers his opinion on segments and stuff, too. Everyone else is just kind of like, they cover the segment, but then they, they review the match. And he reviews the segment, whether it's briefly or not. He mm-hmm. gives you some analysis of that, which I like. And the notes are like, I would say like... He's one of the better good, ones. They're detailed. good, like in like Compton. And like, I don't, I I don't like agree that. with all his opinions on what he likes and doesn't like, but that's totally that's fine. That's irrelevant. That's, that's Yes, right. correct. So, not that his opinions are relevant, but, like, well, in this context it is, but, like... We don't have to agree with him. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, this is solid. Um, no offense to Luchasaurus. I love the guy, but is he really winning a title? Right. This just feel, And, like, yeah, okay, you're done with Jungle Boy because you're not, right? As soon as Christian's That's healthy, what all he'll say when they're not We're done firing it up. So, I don't know. This Christian sounded fine, and I also don't really believe that Luchasaurus is going to be in the mix I for any titles other than, like, a... should eventually turn on Cage and reveal he does have a mind of his own, and then he becomes Luchasaurus. I think he settles into a role that was somebody else that hasn't been around in a while, and that was Lance Archer, Archer right? Oh, like yes. that quickly heat up the monster can have a good match that sucks because i love luchasaurus but but at least that's a role like you know there's a lot of dudes not getting on tv that's at true. all luchasaurus so. doesn't really have a lot of upward mobility as much as i love luchasaurus and believe me i do love luchasaurus yes. and i love luchasaurus but uh yeah he's uh, not I, as much as luchasaurus but luchasaurus would be better because then yeah. i think you'll obviously be main eventing right and like, <laughs> that's what he's missing yeah <laughs> three little letters yeah luchasaurus boom and so, yeah, I love Luchasaurus. Like I said, I do love Luchasaurus, but mm-hmm. I don't see him winning a title, even though I love Luchasaurus. Right. You are one repetitive boy. Well, I just wanted to make sure people know I love Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Although he hasn't done a standing moonsault or a tail whip in a while. So I'm a little, I'm a little peeved. Are you sure? I feel like he's done the tail whip. Maybe not. I'm probably thinking of Phoenix. Yeah. You know, the kick? Yeah. You're definitely thinking of Phoenix. Yeah, because he like did it. All he does. Right. All he ever does. It's like, the only move Phoenix knows. He's like the and then the, yeah. you know, the, the, the little spinny doohickey. Yep, so the, the, the audience on this audio podcast can't see your hand gestures. And... It's like a, you know? Yeah. Y- y- y'all can see that. Just, like, picture me going like that. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. Just like J- that. Just like this. Yep. Th- like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have a baddies interview. Um, so they run into Jade, who's angry. They still don't have her belt. 
Um, Hogan <laughs> says they found out roses in Jacksonville Friday. Ooh, they must follow AEW on social media. <laughs> right. Uh, and Cargo says good because she'll be there too. Shocker. Cargo says TK or tells TK to the camera. Um, she better get her belt back or she'll hijack the whole show for sixty minutes. Um, given that other matches took place, I'm pretty sure she didn't lies, hijack the show. So either she got her belt back or she's a dirty liar. Right. And you know how bad that is. So you know I'm not a fan of the yeah. I stole your property and now you I get I thought the segment was fine, I guess, but I think the storyline's dumb and I think it makes Cargo look silly. Yeah, it felt lazy to me at this point, right? Like, Jade Cargill, I feel like I'm saying a lot of this I think tonight, it's also where, weird because, like, like, didn't Nyla Rose, like, I'm pretty sure they already agreed too much before she stole the belt. Right. But then she was like, hey, I'll steal the belt anyways. And it's like, why aren't we having the match instead? And and Jade's a heel, and stealing stuff is heel stuff. So I'm, is this heel Kind of like heel on heel. Right, so. Which I think is bizarre. I feel like a lot of tonight is me going, like, they they delivered the stuff really well, but I don't really love what... So, like, Jade sounded good here, as she usually does, but it feels like another women's angle that involved really little creativity or effort, right? <laughs> like, think of how many men on this show cut awesome promos from week to week. MJF, Mox, MJF, Hangman. Regal, Mox, Hangman. Right? And um, then how often do women else. get that time and storyline to cut such promos? Like, uh, rarely. Saray, they tried. Kind of a they miss. They tried. Breaker's done it back in Even then, that Baker was like days. Week. Yeah, but was that was like, when was the last time? When was that? Right. So it's just like, I, I don't know, man. Like, are, are you saying you don't have women that can cut promos like that? I don't know, because they don't even seem to try. So this was just a kind of week for me. I don't know. Jade's fine and delivered it well, but this is lazy, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we go to our main event. Uh, John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page, who made it out all right. <laughs> he did, apparently. I guess he technically did, I'm in a non-sarcastic way, for the AEW World Championship. Not to be confused with the AEW Interim World Championship. Right. we got to make that known. Because they like to, so I feel like I kind of have to follow suit. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so Notables, as Mox is making his entrance, Hangman kind of meets him in the crowd. They brawl in the crowd. Um, Hangman moonsault, hits a moonsault off of like, I don't even call it. It wasn't like a wasn't like a balcony in the sand or like not a balcony, but it was like this kind of like upper ledge. It was like above like the doors where yeah. you come out. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was, it was cool. It was cool. Um, Mox later on, Mox locks in a figure four in the ring after Hangman was in control during the commercial break. Hangman breaks the hole with gouging the eye of Mox. Uh, there's a cutter by Mox. Um, <laughs> did you say like Jarrah was like, I'm an old man, but I was not coming from a mile away. Yeah, like way to make Hangman look terrible because he's just basically like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an old man, but I would have seen that move coming from a mile away. Like, thanks. Basically, like, Hangman, you idiot. How did you stand there and take also, that cutter? Also, I, th- I feel like JR would still take the cutter. Because, I mean, look at JR. He ain't no shape to reverse a cutter. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. You come for my boy. I come for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Take notes. Check magnet, Bill. Uh, there's a superplex by Mox for two after a back break. Um, but I think Liv Morgan did better because she did it onto chairs. Extreme. And then she was smiling after. Because well, she's just sadistic now. She is sadistic. What has gotten into Liv Morgan, guys? I Bray don't... Wyatt, probably. His spirit. No. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, my. Carry <laughs> His on. His spirit. It'll have to be something supernatural just to piss me off. You know that. <laughs> Some sort of sorcery. Oh, Matt Taven. Right? So somehow these people are supposed to beat a wizard in wrestling matches. But anyways. So, oh, like all of them are like, so it's like Liv Morgan, Bo Dallas, and Waller, but they're all possessed by Ray Wyatt. Could be. To be 
different vessels of his personality. Like, um, oh my God, Tian Sha. <laughs> yes, like that. That's exactly what like it is. Like they could have the vapor going from him into them. Exactly. That's right? exactly what they'll do. Yep. And he'll just. We are full of really good. He'll ideas acquire today. new. I I'm I think we're on fire. I think I, I agree. Honestly, if they're not listening, they should. But why am I even saying that? Of course they're listening, because then you're gonna you would miss gems like that right Maybe there. Maybe they're gonna add Wendy Chu to the faction. Ooh, and she gets re, re get, she gets reborn into Tiansha. He's like, stop sleeping, start being creepy. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, stop having nightmares, start being other people's nightmares. And having force powers and whatnot mm-hmm. that and, you had. And fog permanently in your mouth, ready to spew out at free will. Right. Actually, no, at Bray Wyatt's Make it will, happen. Obviously. And um, obviously, Uncle Howdy and <laughs> yes. um, Uncle Harper. I don't know if they did debuted Uncle Harvey. I I didn't watch the Bray Wyatt segment from yesterday. Yeah, I still gotta check it out. Cause right, I haven't either. Looks cool. Or it sounded okay. It sounded like something that you would like would be of interest, possibly. Right. Um. So, uh, Mox locks in armbar by Hangman. Eventually gets a rope break. There's a dead eye on the apron by Hangman. It's looked pretty cool. Avalanche fall by Hangman. Didn't do the moonsault one. No, he just did a normal fall away off the top. I Weak. was pretty disappointed. I was like, that's not the thing I like. Right. I that's think he the... was planning on going for it, and then he just realized, I'm not going to get all of it, and that's a risky thing to not get all of, so I, I think mean, it was an audible. It didn't matter in the end. No. Which I, I was saying, because like, I already knew it happened, but like, I was surprised he's never actually like done it bad and like concussed himself off the moonsault thing, because yeah. I feel like that's like a thing you could concuss sure. yourself on. So a lot of things Props to him for moonsaulting like a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish comes when Mox hits Hangman with one of the King Kong lariats, as they lovingly refer to as, um, which is where Hangman gets concussed and the match gets called off. Mox retains via referee stoppage. Yeah, it looked like the the clothesline caught him on the side of the head, and I think I think Page was out before he hit the ground, right? And the ref. Uh, yeah, in. when we were kind of rewatching, I was like, oh yeah, that's what it looks like to me. So <clears throat> unfortunate that it happened, but I'm glad that you don't mess with head injuries, right? So. None of this, like what was yeah, it, the Hardy having, Guevara like, or whatever, where yeah, they let him. Continue, they got like, which yeah, is Doc terrible. Sampson and the boys were like, they were right on it, you done. know. So I think that was really nice. Um, left them with like probably between ten and fifteen minutes mm-hmm. of the show to fill. Yeah, so to kind of stall, right. they were doing rampage advertisements, and then Mox cuts a promo saying he hopes Hangman recovers back to full hundred percent, and it's a dangerous game they play. You have to put it on the line to succeed. Um, again, I really like that because like, you know, kind of like. You know, wishing like the goodwill to Hangman, but like also keeping in character, like you know, kind of tying it back to kayfabe, which I think, yeah, Mox does a really good job of doing that. So I'm Always. really happy he did that because that that was a really nice way to like kind of acknowledge that, but keep it within kayfabe. So I think again, like really well done, professional by Mox. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he still has energy in him, and he says he saw MJ talking his shit, and usually he would let him uh do just that. Uh, but they still have time left, and he says if MJ was up for it, bring his ass out here and show him what he's made of. MJF walks out with the chip and the referee. That's not how it works. Do you think MJF was always scheduled to come out? Or was this like uh, audible as well? It uh, felt like... I don't know. I, I, I'm leaning towards he was coming out anyways. I feel like the they might have done like and a that maybe they something, just, but... He was planning on coming out, but they now needed to stretch what they were going to do for like an extra five maybe, minutes Maybe, yeah, that, that right? would make sense. I don't know. Um, So it looks like we'll be getting a match a lot of money in the bank cashing, even though we shouldn't. And MJF runs out of the ring for a mic. He says, no more of this cutting corners BS. And he says he wants Mox at 100%. He doesn't want any excuses, so he challenges him for the match at full gear for the title and says, once in, 
for once in his miserable life, he will earn it. And Mox says, MJF will just earn the heel of his boot in his mouth, his oh. teeth going down his throat, and he's earned a date with Destiny. We'll find out what MJF is made of, and he'll make an example of MJF. Boom. Right. Mic drop. Um, what, one note is Mox needs to bleed a little less often because it's lost basically all of its effect at this point. Like, he's bleeding within minutes of this match as well. He's like Ric Flair. But a really good probably half a match, right? Obviously not cool that it ended with a nasty clothesline to the side of Paige's head. Uh, the pace for me was just starting to really pick up before the unfortunate ending, and I hope Hangman recovers really quickly. Of course. Um, so the match was was good on pace to be like really good probably by the end, right? But I guess we'll never know. The MJF promo was good, um, but waiting until the man is healthy to cash in is a babyface move, right? And announcing your cash in ahead of time is a stupid babyface move. That's what dumb babyfaces do. John Cena in WWE. Um, uh, Rob Van Dam. Uh, Rob Van Dam. That's Look at me saying. knowing stuff, right? So, but Rob Van Dam at least it was like cause ECW pay per view. And this is your super mega heel that never wants to be a babyface allegedly. So I don't understand this choice either. Like I'm questioning a it's lot of choices. It's all a right ruse, now. just so that when he cheats at Full Gear, everyone's gonna be like, ah. Probably, but like I don't know. It's just announcing calling your shot is not what heels do it's what stupid baby faces or do. what bully ray is gonna do um, so get it i felt like these guys were filling time obviously and it's too if you have to do that these are two good guys to have to do it because they can but um i thought it was pretty clear that they were just sort of stalling a little bit here so anyways not obviously not the finish to the show that we wanted but um it's the finish that we got what did you think it is the finish that we got um yeah, I thought it was pretty good and a little underwhelming for these two, obviously given the circumstances. Um, it was unfortunately because of what happened to Hangman, obviously cut the match short. I think that up until that point, they were doing a good job. It was a little weird with Hangman assuming to work a bit heel, being Mox in his hometown, but I guess uh should have been expected. Moonsault off the ledge was pretty cool. Some of the avalanche moves from the top were pretty sweet. Overall, this match was good, but like you said, kind of felt like a half match. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot better were it not for the unfortunate circumstances. And the post match stuff was clearly stalling at times and kind of on the spot. But like you said, if you're gonna, if you're in that kind of tight spot, I think Mox is a Ooh, great, great job. Maybe to, Canyon or, or Cage. <laughs> Cage. And no, definitely not. Imagine, hey Brian Cage, you you gotta come out and fill ten minutes, dear God. And that's and no offense, Cage, but you ain't a good. Mike man and that's why they call him cage because he's he a, machine. a machine i don't expect machines to speak well that's I true that's defense. true um he, and mox still did a great job sometimes like like we said before true professional largely felt like a typical mox promo like it did feel like they're slowing mostly because like you just know that's what's happening but like i think largely it felt like a, a typical mox promo which i think is kudos to him and like mjf also good to have in that kind of spot did seem like kind of a baby his move here but i'm i think it'll be ruse i really hope it's a ruse because MJF always reverts back to. He prime, does. He does du- this to us. All he the time. always reverts back to douchebag supreme. So I really hope he does that again. And I saw he doesn't want to turn face. And why would he? Because he's like the best heel of all time. Mm-hmm. And ride that out for years if you want. Can ride to. that out forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thoughts on the show? Uh. So there's only four matches on this show, right? Is that correct? That's bananas. Uh. Main event. Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, it's just all the title matches. Right. They, said they advertised four title matches. I was like, okay, cool, four title matches, not realizing there's no non-title matches. So opening trios, good. A women's match, good. Interim. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Castle Jericho, good. Main event on its way to being good. So nothing amazing, which is disappointing because I always nothing love to... Nothing bad, though. No, and nothing bad. Um, 
promo and segment wise, MJF's was amazing. Yeah, that was right? that was probably the best um, thing on the show. Not gonna lie. And again, performers did well, but I have some issues with the tag team title situation. With yeah. Um, MJF cashing in situation. Mm-hmm. I just um the women's jades the issues, TBS right. So those things are bugging me. The matches weren't amazing. So for me that equals um a B show. I could almost pull it up. No, I couldn't. I guess so. A B show. I was gonna I think say the MJF, matches would have to be a little more elevated. I feel like, like the MJF Regal segment. I would say people should go out and see that if Absolutely. they haven't. But nothing else. Mm-hmm. So that's a B to me. Um, I'd say I agree. All the matches were pretty solid. Nothing like stands out as amazing but nothing was bad like right. if, if you are watching the show it's not like a waste of time no. the matches i think they're pretty solid i think a lot of segments are fine <laughs> moxley hangman uh baker hater war joe is fine ftr is fine other than like obviously the whole number one contenders yeah. nonsense but i will say ftr versus swervenly good match for next week absolutely kind of pumped for that lethal and darby segment was pretty sweet actually for like a short little yeah bit. That's, you're right that regal was. mjf was fantastic definitely the most musty thing on the show and i would say like you said, definitely seek that out if you want a good segment because that was fantastic. Jericho Castle was fine, acclaimed solid. I thought the uh, Blackpool uh, sit down with Renee was good, but I think was like way too short. Like mm-hmm. that was just like it was really quick. It was like to like, go through all that trouble to off. set it all up and get them in there and get Renee, and then mm-hmm. it's like real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cage fine, TBS. Um, and so yeah, I think it was like. I think a B show is fair because it wasn't like amazing, but it wasn't like the worst show. It's just like, it was all right. Yep. It was good enough. That could be better. Uh-huh. All right. So that's wrapping up the Dynamite review. We'll move into some trivia now in our segment called Off the Top of His Head. All right. I kind of like this one. 15 questions. Is it the one you were laughing at? No, it's from what culture? I don't think so. <gasps> My boy. I know, I've been using their trivias lately. So this is... I thought it was Cultaholic. Oh, right. Oh, no, this one's what culture? You're right, I did switch it up. Yeah. Weird, because I searched it by that, thinking I was searching Cultaholic. They're pretty similar. That's why they look different, though. A lot of the Cultaholic guys were, like, they were, like, OG what culture, I think. So this is can, WWE exclusively, I think. Can you identify the wrestlers from their debut gimmick? Okay. And I have options if you'd like them. Um, or I've you... done some of their quizzes before. Just okay, so Texas Red. I got this one. But I also saw the list. You want options? Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, Booker T, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty? Think of the red part. Booker? Why would he be red? Who has red hair and a red beard? Kane. He's not one of the options. You're doing great so far. I thought you said Kane. Stone Cold Undertaker. Booker oh, Undertaker. T- yeah, he's red. I got that one, right? Um, two, I did not get this one because I did the quiz, actually. It didn't do well. The Spider. Want options? You sure. Moolah, Roman Reigns, Macho Man, Boogeyman. I know Moolah did it at one point, but I guess Moolah? No, Macho Man. I did not know that, and he's one of my all-time favorites. This one you'll know. Oh, I knew. The Prototype. Oh, yeah, Cena. Right. That was the OVW thing. Did not know this one. The Handsome Stranger. Options, Options I guess. Perfect, Bagwell, Luger, Sheamus. Bagwell. Correct. Nice. Makes sense, right? That was his was, It was either him or Perfect. Uh, Lord Humongous, which I think is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Options. Giant Gonzalez, Braun Strowman, Big Cass, Psycho Sid. We'll go with Sid. Correct. Nice. Lord Humongous. <laughs> That's awesome. No one... 
Why why was that his WWE gimmick? I know you know this one. Number six, Terra Rising. <laughs> that one's awesome too. It is. Uh Mr. Levesque. Correct. Triple H. That uh, one's awesome. Never heard of this one before. Gix or Jix? Because it's the GIF GIF <laughs> debate. Uh, G-I-X-X. I have no idea. Kenneth Omega, Victoria, Seth Rollins, Lita. Lita. <laughs> no. Omega? No. Victoria? They're, they're saying Seth Rollins. Jeez. Never heard that That's in my life. That's brutal. Mr. Olympia. Okay. Options? Yeah. Rick Rude, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, the British Bulldog. That was rude. That sounds like That Rick was my Rude. guess, and it's not right. Lashes? No. Bulldog. The least Olympia-looking guy on there, AJ Styles. What the All hell? of the rest of them look like bodybuilders. I know. That's and what then I was thinking. That's, that was my logic there. Here's a hard one. You ready? You're going to need the options for sure. American Dragon. Oh. Hmm. Tough one. I gotta think this one. Think over about it. Uh, I think you'll get the next one too. Um, Yokozuna. Incorrect. <laughs> Brian Danielson. Correct. Phil E. Blunt. Philly Blunt. <laughs> think about it. It's kind of ironic. Punk. Yeah, punk. Even though he's straight edge and referring to drugs in his name, the Phil's in there. Yeah, that's what I, I knew. This one too. Sexton Hardcastle. <laughs> Do you know who that was? <laughs> no, but really that's awesome. Oh, I know this one. Oh, wait, was that Gallows? No. Oh, I thought Canadian he does boy. Ferguson. Uh, Lance Storm. Canadian Toronto boy. Edge. Yes. <laughs> that was his indie name in That in is hilarious. Um, number 12, I knew this one too. Maybe I'm better than you. Maybe it should be me doing trivia. And you know it. <laughs> the Super Destroyer. <laughs> That's a wrestling move. Um, options. options available. Hulk okay. Hogan, Cesaro, Ultimate Warrior, Rhino. Rhino. Cesaro. Hogan. Yes. I knew it wasn't Warrior. Because he was, he was Dingo, Dingo Warrior. Warrior. Correct. Yeah. Although maybe that wasn't his debut. I don't know. I just assume it is. Though. The Green Lizard. I didn't know this one. Okay. Muda, Ultimo Dragon, Psychosis, Mysterio. Muda. Nope. Dragon. Nope. Mysterio. <laughs> yes. Uh, Flash. Sting? Yes. Why? I don't. I didn't know that. Uh, encyclopedia. Nice. Uh, he was. I think it was Blade Runners with um Warrior. He was. I think it was Rock and Sting. I don't know if that was the tag team, but for some reason, I think it was like Flash, and I think Warrior was Rock. So yeah. maybe that was Warrior's de- debut gimmick. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's right. When I they mean, were Blade Sting Runners, right? Yeah, Blade Runners. Yeah. I don't know if that was when he was. Final Flash one. I or not, think but... you'll know, and I don't like to end on ones you know. But what am I going to do? It's what culture's fault. The giant. Oh. What the options? One swoggle. No. Nope. Uh, Big Show. Correct. It, your options were Big Show, Andre the Giant, Kurgan. <laughs> I don't know if you remember him. Kurgan. I know Kurgan. And a great colleague from the Audit Commission. Truth and Commission the Oddities, too. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very good. That is done. Fifteen questions. You did okay. Probably better than I did. I think I scored forty-seven percent. Was what I, my score was. So, anyways, we'll switch back to talking about the week of wrestling in a little more rapid-fire fashion, looking at highlights and lowlights, and what we like to call high spots and rest holds. All right, so this week I watched NXT in a few sittings, and then I checked out Impact Wrestling Today, watched all of that quickly before we came down here. So I'm going to start with NXT. A high spot for me was, I think, the only in-ring... The Good Brothers. No, only in-ring high spot was... I thought the Roxanne Perez-Rhea uh, Ripley match was pretty good. Um, 
I thought heel Rhea Ripley looked pretty cool because again, I'm not really watching main roster, right? So I don't see a lot of it other than at um, I was gonna say pay per views, but that is wrong. Premium live events. So I actually thought Judgment Day looked cool as a group when they made their entrance, and just a really good dynamic here, right? Ripley is the really big, dominant, mean heel, and then Perez is the tiny, um, resilient baby face. So I thought that clear dynamic really helped the match, and I, it wasn't an outstanding match, but I thought it was a really solid TV match, and that clear heel face dynamic um, really helped it. So that was, I think, my only in-ring um, comment that was positive basically on this show. A rest hold for me was, of course, the Good Brothers making an appearance. I just, I was so happy to see them leave Impact because I watch Impact almost all the time, fairly regularly at least. And I was hoping that they would head somewhere that I don't watch, like main roster would be fine. And that's probably where they'll end up. But no, I get to see... Still had to get one of the one, one appearance in. You know? I get to see a Luke Gallows hot tag in 2022. <laughs> I put... So I put hot tag, bra- hot brackets, tepid tag. Um, Room temperature. So they had a match against Schism. The match wasn't even that bad. I just can't get interested in a Good Brothers anything. So that was a problem for me. Um, <laughs> another pretty major rest hold is Chucky, the evil doll from Child's Play <sighs> and whatever all the sequels are called. Because, like, every horror movie has to have, like, a billion unnecessary sequels. He, he made multiple appearances on this show. Yeah, with, wasn't that, like, the shtick last year, right? Yes. With grown adults now having to act afraid of a talking doll, but wait for it, who's not even there in person. He's on a TV screen. Yeah, and right. And you, you grown Are person. Are they adjacent to it, at least? They, they ha- yeah. You have to Good. act afraid of this doll on a TV screen. So it's really hard to make that look cool. The first time he showed up, he in- interrupts um, Grayson Waller promo to announce that the match between Waller and Apollo Crews at Halloween Havoc will be a spin the wheel, make the deal match. <gasps> no. And then Waller has to look scared and whatever. And then later on in the show, Chucky interrupted a Chase U segment. So he was going over, Chase was giving a lesson on the history of um, Halloween Havoc, including the, the <laughs> some low spots, like the debut of the Yete. And then oh also the... Oh my God, the, they really went there. What nice. was the match with the electrocution in it oh the chamber of horrors right so that is well butcher uh but it gets interrupted by chucky again on a tv screen and Bodie hayward gets upset and sort of yells at chucky and then chucky goes on a profanity laced tirade that is all bleeped out obviously um and then the it ends with thea hale dropping an f-bomb that's also (gasps) censored during her little line she's just a child i don't know man like who thinks these segments are a good idea? Like, are there people who are like, this is the fun stuff in wrestling? You know what I mean? <laughs> there like, has to it? be. There has to be. Because I just, this is, I just groan when I see this. And just everyone that interacts with this doll on a television looks ridiculous, right? There's no way to make that look cool in my opinion. Oh, it was so, I hated that last year. Because that was when I was watching. It's so just I so hated silly. It. It's just ridiculous. Um, Another rest hold. This is a specific rest hold. NXT rest hold, Axiom's mask, okay? Like, A, the mask looks stupid. Like, it's a bad mask. Yeah, but, yes, absolutely. But, like, why is that? Because like, he's worn that plenty of time. Like, why is it a wrestle this one? Well? That's what I'm getting to. B, right. we all know it's A-Kid. A-Kid looks just fine without a mask, right? C, he's just a kid. In this, in this week's segment, he's trying to have, like, a normal conversation with Nathan Fraser backstage about how... 
they had this great series of matches and he respects Nathan Fraser right. and he's he's pulling for Nathan Fraser in the ladder match while wearing the stupid mask and it just took me completely out of right. it and then to add to that to make this segment even better Von Wagner comes in and gets <laughs> and gets to speak several lines in a row. Oh, um, really so, doing you over there. So there's that too, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was saying like because I was looking at the Halloween Havoc card, and I was like, they they almost had a great right. ladder match. So I was like, you got Fraser, nice Oliver Carter, sure, um, Hayes, great, yeah, Wesley, nice. Oh, there's Von Wagner. Harkens, Why is Von Wagner? Harkens there? back to in your house with Cross, right? <gasps> Yes. And we like that match regardless. That match was awesome. Because they took him out for two-thirds of it okay. or whatever it was. Uh, let's hope they have a door to put him something. Uh, so I'll, I'll actually have a high spot here. Um, and it is the presentation of Sangha and Veer. Um, Veer so Mahan. Because they're two giant dudes, right? Who They're always dressed impeccably in nice tailored suits. And I did see somewhere that Shawn Michaels was talking about doing something different with these two guys. Instead of making them a tired wrestling trope, which is AKA violent. Which is what they did the first time. Right. Like violent. Like a evil, while ago. Violent evil foreigners, right? Right. Kind of look... like, um, like, I guess, like an Indian Wild Simones kind of thing or something right. like that. So in, to get away from that, right? They're looking like sophisticated, kind of normal people. And so say what you Whoa, will. Whoa, are you saying Indian people are normal? Say what you will about them, like in the ring, not generally when they're presented by WWE. No, they're not. They're all like evil monsters, uh, right? Like not American yeah. equals evil. <laughs> so I thought this was a little bit refreshing, especially Sanga. I, I, Sanga, which they're now calling him, which I think is probably more correct. Um, so I kind of like that. And then another high spot. This was probably my favorite thing on NXT this week. It was a Julius Creed. Damon Kemp back and forth segment ahead of their match at Halloween Havoc, which if Creed wins, something happens. And if Kemp wins, something uh, else Brutus happens. has to retire. Is there no stakes on it for Creed other than saving I have his brother? No idea. I can't it's remember. The free fall? I guess not really. But um so it was cool because it was split screen, but they're in separate locations, right? So you don't Yeah, like Rollins and Riddle. You don't have to have them fight and do the classic like brawling, which is great. And I thought it was really effective. Creed is like doing the like I'm the all-American boy, right? And and Damon Kemp, I don't care what you say, man. He is a really good heel in this role, and it's happened really quickly for me. Um, and Julius came back with some arguments of like, I won more matches in high school or whatever than you won in your career, and you weren't actually that good an amateur wrestler, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then Kemp's reply as well: How's it gonna look when the lesser wrestler crushes you at Halloween Havoc? Right? I really thought this was good. Uh, they did a good job of making this feud feel personal. And I really hope the match delivers because I'm, I'm Damon Kemp is a, is a really good heel. He made reference to his brother here, which I'm not, or, or Creed did. It's like you're not even the most talented wrestler in your family or something. Um, so I don't know if that, if that foreshadows what's his face, the guy that I don't like and is probably a dirtbag showing up. But, anyways, um, so I'm now about to switch to re- uh, Impact. Do you want to sneak some in there or do you mm-hmm. want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'll go quick. Um... So, rest hold, Baron Corbin returns to Raw with our boy, JBL. Really? What's the connection gimmick there going on? I guess he's he's saving Baron Corbin. Oh, is he? I guess. Because is Baron Corbin mm. sad Corbin again or something? <laughs> Are we doing this? Um, Reset? The, and then the high spot was Rollins retaining. I didn't really see much of the match. I just know that he won. So, yay. Right. Uh, uh, that's it. And I'll do SmackDown once you're done that. Okay. So, Impact Wrestling that I just finished before we came down. <laughs> I'll read it as written. Impact Wrestling Rest Hold 
two old men cleanly going over two strong wrestlers in their prime in the opening tag match. Who could I be talking about? Oh, I don't know. Good old Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray yeah. beat, nice. beat Juice Robinson and Chris Bay because Ace Austin got taken out in the parking lot um, of NXT. Whoops, I mean Impact. <laughs> well, I mean, parking wrestling parking lots are the most dangerous parking place Parking lots, Earth. am I right? Oh, parking lots. Um, so they Don't won, get me started. So the old men won decisively in about six minutes, and I hate this choice. Why is Impact bringing in retreads like Bully Ray and no offense, Kaz, to win titles and be in main event spots. Are, uh, are Bully Ray and Kaz going to appeal to fans and move the needle and get them ratings? I'd say at least Kaz is, like, still capable. He is good in the ring. Do I want him as my main eventer in my company? No. You don't want him to see him on Overdrive, the best. <laughs> That's so fun. Also, I'd like to put it out here now. They're doing a taping called Winter Warfare. That's my thing. So this is Bullet Club, who's supposed to be cool, right? And Chris Juice Robinson is cool. Chris Bay is a star and deserves Chris better Bay than this. Is and cool. he just signed like a four-year extension with him. He Impact. should get the title. Here's your thank you for signing a contract with us. You're gonna lose to freaking Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. Oh my god, I saw two I like think super old Bully dudes. Ray beat uh, Juice Robinson with the bubble bomb. The bubble bomb, such a crappy move. And it's, it's just like dropping on his ass. Old men who are out of shape and wrestling in t-shirts, beating two guys in their prime. Right? It's just a bad look for your company. I don't understand. Um, Impact Wrestling high spot. Surprisingly for me, Mia Yim Taylor Wild match. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Matt Taven. Can't say I'm a huge fan of either of them, but I thought this was a really good TV match. Competitive back and forth, really good pace. I was surprised that Wild won with a bridging German suplex, because A, that's not... Hold on, so you're telling me you're not a head batting in charge and you don't like to get Wild? I do not wow. like either of those things. So I surprised Wild won, but then Mickey James comes out and you're like, oh, your Taylor Wild is now fodder for James' last run story. Like, that story's not great either because clearly she's not losing until it's a bigger it's match. It's like the Ric right? Flair thing with Shawn Michaels. It's just kind of like, here's more people to lose to you. Cool. Oh, who's her? Who's going to be her Shawn Michaels? I don't know. Uh, could be Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah, but Deanna Perrazzo doesn't like Well, her. I think it could be that it's either I win the title and then I think she might just like vacate it sort of thing. That'd she be, either loses and stupid. retires or win the title. Well, so I feel I like know. she should have a title run and like, like I don't know, that'd be kind of stupid. And then my last one is a high spot. Uh, death of Honor No More, question mark. Hopefully, please. <laughs> so decent main event that saw sort of impact scramble, right? And throw the titles on Heath and Rhino because Taven is taking his quote-unquote talents to somewhere else, right? So uh, in, my, in brackets, I have Rhino and Heath, more fresh talent, like fresh. Rhino's like 75 years old and Heath's like been around forever. So, like, what is this company doing at this point? Anyways, Eddie Edwards drone. They're going back to, like, ironically, 10 years ago or so when they relied on a lot right. of ex-talent. Right. That's what it feels like. So, Heath and Rhino take the belts because the other two are on their way out. Eddie Edwards droned on after the match, eventually uh, calling PCO a bitch. PCO snaps <gasps> and wrecks them all. So, it looks like no. Bennett and Taven are gone to AEW. Hooray. PCO <laughs> is out of the group. So, hopefully, this faction just, like, goes away and makes room for something more interesting. And I really hope this isn't, it feels like it though, leading to a push for PCO, like another fresh face, like literally in his 60s, right? When I say Rhino's in his 70s, I'm obviously When he got the hyperbole. Ring of Honor title push, Ugh. he wasn't fresh. And that was like at least three years ago. Right. So it kind of feels like this episode made me feel like it's an anti-youth movement, right? Like Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, PCO, Rhino Heath, Mickey James, all prominent roles, all 
easily on the backside of their careers, right? So I don't know. And Bubba Ray's putting other people on the backside. And back then you've side. got like Ace <laughs> Austin and Chris Bay and like Juice Robinson. Like all kinds of people in their prime Bailey. or about to enter their Alexander. prime. I would argue Macklin, right? Macklin. Like Josh Alexander, although Mo- you are Lewis focusing works. on him. Yes. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't agree with it. But anyways, that's the end of mine. What do you have? Anything else? Uh, rest hold. Cross and McIntyre feud still going. Cage, match crown jewel. Whoopi, not going to watch it. <laughs> no. Rest hold. Logan Paul back on SmackDown. Didn't need to see a segment to know it sucked. He's at crown jewel. Not going to watch it. Right. That's Agreed. it. I just wanted to bag on Logan Paul a bit because that seemed funny. I haven't seen the Bray Wyatt segment yet. Um, I'll watch that in a bit. Nice. So that's going to bring us to our final segment. And you did say you have Actually, some I'll, stuff this week. Do we want to do a Halloween Havoc preview? Oh, right. We should do that and right here. Run that as... So let's... I will we'll add a, a different sound in for that <gasps> one. So let's do... We need like a, a spooky one. We need a spooky one, A yeah. preview of this Saturday's... It won't be spooky because I already oh. know what I'm putting in. It's not spooky. God damn it. I mean, it depends on your perspective. Could be spooky. Probably Anything not. can be spooky with the right point of view. It is our Halloween Havoc preview. All right, talk to me about Halloween Havoc. All right. I haven't put any thought into this, but that's how I win. That's how I win. All right, uh, so we got uh, Wesley, Oramenta, Von Wagner. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nathan Fraser, Camilla Hayes, ladder match, North American title. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to go a little outside the box. I'm going to pick Fraser. Okay, I don't think that's a terrible pick. Exactly. I not a hundred percent confident on that, but I kind of just want to pick something interesting there, because I feel like I would like it to be Hayes, but also I feel like he should move up. So I do too, but I feel like the main event scene is kind of crowd. Because my ideal is he goes into like the the title picture on NXT, but it's kind of crowded right now. And I kind of think I I think I I'll, I'll kind of talk about that later. I, I will. I'll take Hayes. I'm not super confident, but. I just mean neither. He looks so good with the belt, and he was doing such a good that job. That belt always looks nice when it's on people. And they took it off him for no reason, really, right? So I'm hoping that they um, give him the title, and if not, like you said, he moves up to a more prominent role, but seems kind of crowded up there now. So I'll take Hayes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp in a spooky ambulance match. I would assume that Brutus is not losing his job they could probably fit angle something though i saw like someone so, predict that maybe roddy comes in and, and oh it's been a ruse the whole time could be i'll take uh creed i'm gonna take julius too i think that just makes more sense to me it does i don't think they're breaking up because vince is gone so i think it's less likely they break them up and i don't think brutus would right. be the one that gets pulled up first if that's the case right so if mm-hmm. it were reversed and it was like for julius's whatever i'd be a little more inclined to be like they may be they're splitting them and taking julius mm-hmm. but i don't think it'll be brutus first um, next we have uh Cora J versus Roxanne Perez in a weapons wild <laughs> match. Woo! Um pretty confident here that I'll take Perez. That Perez gets her win back here. Ah, so they're gonna go fifty fifty. Well then we need a tiebreaker, which I'm definitely looking forward to. So I yeah, I just think it's been built for Jade to sort of prevail here by the looks of things. Perez or Jade? Sorry, Perez. Um, um although she did lose which was an interesting choice as well. To Ripley. Which could be Clean. like... Yeah, but it's also like... And then oh, Cora wait. Jade's match was Raquel Gonzalez lost her cool and hit her with a kendo stick. So got DQ'd. Yeah, so you use, sometimes you keep the loser looking strong. Right. Like Bailey. 
but I still think it's it's Perez. Um, Apollo Crews versus Grayson Washburn, we'll make the deal. And I was saying, if we've seen his visions, we know what happens. Right, so we should... I'll he, take Cruz. Uh, I will, just for the sake of competition, I'll take Waller, not super confident. Okay. I just don't don't really know what they're doing with Apollo Cruz. Like, you have a, a random weeping, bleeding eye, and you can see the future, and your future is broadcast to everybody watching TV. So, I, I don't know. I think they need to rethink that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandero's Alba Fire, our next moves title. I think it's time, so I'm going to go with Alba I Fire. agree. I'm just probably fueled by hope that it's time, right, to get this off of Mandy Rose and... On to Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray is awesome. I don't... This Despite whole, like, the... 100% of her personality is about fire is stupid, but including her name and her bat and setting fires to stuff constantly, like, like have a little bit of depth, have some layers, right? Like, I don't even, so get, I don't even understand how that's a gimmick. Her fa- it's like her family history is something to do with fire. Her family got burned alive when she was really. Young. I don't know. They're responsible for keeping the fire burning, or I don't. But anyways, it's all. It's a hundred percent of her personality she is almost fire. Got burned as a child. I am fire. Me fire. But anyway, so I'll take her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun Breaker, Dragonov, Jaden McDonough. So I'm gonna take Breaker because I think that theory cashes in because they te- they teased it, and I think it makes sense. I was telling you about this, and I think it makes a lot of sense because I think. Breaker is ready enough to go to the main roster. Like, he is. He's pretty polished, and I think he's like, totally ready. He's, he's totally, totally ready, right? And I don't think there's a clear person to beat him. As much as I love Jordan Devlin, I don't think he's like the clear person to beat Drag right. or sorry Breaker. And same goes for Dragon. Dragon's great, but I don't see. And to me, like I think they really butchered the whole thing, giving Theory money in the bank. I, I will. This is ne- their way out. Of I'll it. never buy him in in a million years being Roman Reigns in no, any way. Nobody will. as of now. And so this, like you said, yes, this is their way of getting it off of theory. And he can come back down to NXT, get more experience, get better, get a solid title run in. And then you could probably build another baby face out of that if you wanted to. And then also it gets Breaker out of there without taking a clean loss. So he looks pretty strong and he would technically take a loss. So that's like his call up loss. You know what I mean? I think it kind of, it would get everything across that they would probably want to do. Right. And it kind of saves the whole money in the bank debacle because I think, yeah, it's kind of odd going for the NXT title and kind of, um, like, I don't know, I guess a step down, but I would prefer that to him, to another failed cash-in, and yes. you could do the whole weasel heel thing, like, he doesn't want to deal with the bloodline kind of thing, so he's going to go for the easier option. And they seem obsessed with bringing main roster people back right now, so yeah. and give so that a would bit give of a, a decent run. Like a Ziggler little so run I'll sort put of the, that in under my pick for break. See, I don't disagree with the cash-in, but I'm going to say they're going to go with Dragunov pins Devlin so Breaker doesn't ever get pinned. Like, I was never pinned to lose the title. He can use that when he goes up to main roster, right? And then people are super, super happy that Dragunov wins. Yay, yay, yay. Oh, out comes Theory takes it from him and Mm -hmm. it's like that moment that josh alexander moose moment right where people are super hyped for this guy to finally win because he technically never lost the belt he should still have it and so he's celebrating and cash in and he loses Mm -hmm. so i don't disagree with the cash in i just think it's dragging off all right and that is it we only got like there's six matches cool um so we'll definitely uh, we'll watch that show right i don't know if we'll talk about it or not we do have the week off we might find time to squeeze some chatter in but Anyways, we'll head to our last segment now where Jack's going to give us an update from the world of wrestling figures and related items, and that is Figuring It Out with Jack. 
Um, so they Who's showed, they? I don't know. People. <laughs> okay. They showed more images for the Coliseum collection. Uh Ultimate Edition two pack. It's like uh, I guess retro stuff. There's like a Terry Funk, like old school Terry Funk. He's got like the chaps and some interchangeable heads. His what's it called? The iron or whatever. A branding iron? Sure. Yeah. He has that kind of thing. Um, so that's kinda neat. It's alright. I mean and then um, once again the Ultimate Edition line, he's had a bunch of Ultimate Edition figures. You wanna guess who it is? think legends um hulk hogan yep god uh, and so it's in like a red and white gear so red trunks white boots and so that's interesting a right red and white hulk hogan shirt the only cool thing about it is that it comes with like the wwf title like the worldwide wrestling federation title it's the one that, that had like the green strap and had like four side plates on each side it's like that big green belt right that iron cheek had yes for hogan so uh, that's the only thing cool thing about it speaking of figures was that edge figure not interesting that i sent you a picture it was all right because it's 15 bucks at the pawn shop that's good that i would probably take it for 15 bucks well but it's, it just they told us it's 25 percent off any stuff on that wall so it oh, would nice. be less than that it got like bagged on for having a like a iffy head scan but I, i'd probably take it it'd it's be more like 11 bad. bucks you know mm. um then they showed images for elite 98 which is pretty nice so you got nxt mandy rose sure moving on <laughs> um, Big E with uh, his the title with his side plate, so that's kind of cool. The, the it looks a little wonky, but it does look better than the titles used to. So I think it's cool. New head scan, ring your salt. It's just it only comes with the belt, so I wish it would have come like it was, so. Usually he gets like his entrance code or something. I think it's a little lacking on accessories, right? But the figure's solid. Um, Mustachio Randy Orton, or according to what culture, peak Randy Orton, right? That's um, dumb. He just comes with a raw tag title, and that's it. So like it's cool, but it's a basic Randy Orton formula. Again, I wish they had more than just a tag title. Like, I think you you, you deserve a little more for the money there. And um, we get Farouk Assad, mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. He's got two head scans, one with a blue helmet, one with a silver helmet. I think that's pretty cool. Again, maybe a little more with it, but I think this one's at least, it's at least it's unique. Yeah. He's got like a molded, because, you know, he wears like whatever the top is. So he's got like a bit of a molded bit there. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, we have Demon Finn Balor from Extreme Rules last year where he was limping like a fish and falling off turnbuckles. Yes. He's got like the demon headdress with the mohawk, which is pretty cool. At least that's unique. Um, the paint looks really awesome. I always love a good Demon Balor. You do. Um, I like the, it's got some text on like his trunks. It says like summon the demon, all hail Demon King. I think it looks pretty cool. Demon Balor's always look sick. I really like this. Um, and it's the first double jointed Demon Balor Elite. I obviously have the Ultimate Edition, so it looks similar to that, but the body paint's a lot different, so I, I really like it. It looks nice. Nice. The only complaint is that it only comes with a headdress piece. Usually, they come with, like, a bit more, so I would, again, I would like a little bit more. I think the figure looks really nice, but I would like a little more. And then uh, Rick Boogs, uh, and, like, I'm not a huge I forgot fan of him, he existed. but he looks awesome. Like, the head scan's super oh, yeah. on point. Like, I think it, like, I'm not big on him, but I think they really nailed him here. He's got the... His his normal ones like the blue kind of jeans look to his gear, but and so he's got like a rubber um overalls piece on. So I I'm wondering if it's like it might be the same material as the Undertaker figure where you can take the straps down possibly. Right. And he's got his guitar, so that's pretty nice. And then it's a Chase variant in the red for Rick Boogs. Um, the one YouTube guy I watch always says uh Rick Boogs. No, no, but um, I think that one looks really nice. Um, the head skin, like I said, super on point. So that is pretty cool. And then they also revealed like one of these things where it's like, they call it championship rivals, where it's basically two basic figures. Like it's Roman Reigns with the red gauntlet and then Brock Lesnar. And then you get a toy belt. 
which is all right. Yeah. They did, they did Orton and McIntyre, and then a, a WWE title. That's okay if, for a kid, I guess, because it's two basics and a toy belt, so that's not bad. Can't imagine him getting that. But <laughs> no. It's doesn't it's, sound like something you would. It's neat. All righty. Mm-hmm. And that is all. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 118. Squeezing it in under two hours, buddy. Got it done, so we can run what we need to do tomorrow. Got this out of the way. Thanks to anyone joining us. We appreciate any time you take out of your week listening to us talk about wrestling. We will be back here next Saturday for 119. We'll see if Halloween Havoc strikes with any sort of chord with us where we want to talk about it. Otherwise, we'll we'll quickly review it on episode 119, I assume. So if you're subscribed or what else, what are the other options on all those platforms? Follow right like that, that kind of stuff other stuff if you do that stuff on those things then you'll know when we release something new so we'll definitely see you back for 119 and until then everybody take care <laughs>